BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Bottles, people. Yes. Red October. Here we come. Welcome in, everybody. That's the gun. He's in a party mood. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Yes, we are coming to you on this pump day where the Phillies have a playoff spot. Boom. Boom time. Let's go. Not only did they clinch a spot, they clinched the number one wild card last night. All one fell swoop. It was fun. I was watching. First of all, Gunner, hi. Hi, I'm excited. Sorry. Hi. What's up, brother? <laughs> um, so I'm watching the coverage last night on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and they're in the clubhouse yeah. you know, while everybody's celebrating, and they're doing their thing and all that. Yeah. And then we get word that everything kind of broke right for the Phillies with the Brewers winning and all that kind of stuff and the, and the Braves and, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I'm watching the guys, and they're, they're looking up at the monitor, and you can see they're like – and then somebody – I think Tom McCarthy went over and told them, and then they're all like, oh, they knew they got the number one seed, too. It was, it was very, very, very cool. So uh, welcome in, everybody. How you doing, Gunner? Good, man. Hey, man, I, I, I know we got a lot to cover, but yes, I, I, need, I need to clarify something here. Uh-oh. So my wife is a coffee connoisseur. She has yeah. 
all these different Keurig pots and stuff. My daughters love their coffee. My son loves his coffee. Me, my son-in-laws love their coffee. Me, I'm just a novice when it comes to coffee. If you come in my house, we have all these different kind of K-cups, different flavors and stuff. I'll try them and I always say, they all taste like dirt water to me. Mm-hmm. So they said I should not be allowed to drink coffee. And the thing is, when I get a eight ounce cup of coffee, I may drink four of it and dump the rest out. Okay. okay. So that's okay. a violation. Yeah. So I go this morning after I feed the dogs, I run a mile and a half down the road, not run literally in my car down yeah. the road. And I get me a 12 ounce cup of pumpkin spice coffee. Oh yes. We're in that, we're in that zone now. Yes. yes. Okay. It's fall. And my wife just laughs at me. She goes, you're such a girl. Oh. <laughs> I thought she was going to say all the stuff we have here and you're running out and spending money to, to, to get it, you know, uh, Wawa or wherever you went. Yeah. There okay. seems to be this notion that drinking pumpkin spice is not manly. Now I know a lot of men <clears throat> that like pumpkin spice. Not I do a lot. too. I, know I don't like- think that's a girly thing at all. And see, but see, when she you know, she likes the dark French roast, and, and I will say this, I can admit it now because she just left, so I wouldn't have to say yeah. you were right and, and I was wrong. Um, you know, some of the flavors that she get are really good, you know, but I taint them because I add cream to them. You know, I, I can't drink coffee black. You know, I gotta put cream in it and I'll put a little like uh organic type, you know. Um you get you uh, take a shots already. Uh, put it? your own goose on and your LL Bean vest now to go get your, your hey, pumpkin spice. Hey, JM, let me tell you something, JM. I got a pair of Ugg boots that come up to your calves, brother. Let me tell you something. Those Uggs, first of all, it took my wife bought my son and I some Uggs, but I'm telling you, oh, we're we on a roll. My wife bought my son and I some Ugg boots, right? Now, my son, yeah. you don't care what you think about, it, he's going to wear them, you know. Me, it took a little while, but I'm thinking, I can't wear these things, man. They don't look. But you know what? I started going out, and the more I went out, I see guys wearing black, the brown ones, and then lying. You know, they're like uh, fur. Oh, I love. I have the slippers. They're the greatest thing ever, and I, I fought it for years. I, yes. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yes, I love them. I, I have the slippers. I have the boots. I'm wearing with my jeans. I go out to a grocery store. I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. But pumpkin, see the pumpkin spice thing. It's only available in the fall, so I, it's not like I drink it every day. I might get it once a week when it's here in the fall, right. from September through. Thanksgiving, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have my pumpkin spice coffee. Yeah. yeah Chris, Chris D checks in. Uh, imperative over here in Portugal. Uh, I have at least two Bicas. I, I don't know the coffee lingo. Is it Bica or Bica? I have no idea, but I can't drink it. per day. Uh, you're definitely an American coffee novice. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I don't, you know what? I don't drink coffee. Did I ever tell you that? I know you don't. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm high on life. Yeah. Espresso, espresso to me is like drinking cocaine liquid cocaine because for me it made my heart race my hand was shaking like this i said i will never touch espresso again all right our boy mark farzetta mark farzetta drinks three to four espressos a day i so i'll he'll go nameless but one of my former partners in radio that i worked with yeah i'm not kidding you when i say this gunner upwards of eight per day he would have before we would go on the air he would have four or five before we go on the air. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I don't know anything about coffee. I'm not whatever. That can't be good. That can't be good for you, man. I don't know. But yeah. I'm looking at Eagles fan talking about pumpkin spice now for us black folk. <laughs> what? what? You got to be a certain race, creed, ethnic origin to drink a cup of pumpkin spice. Come on, man. I know. Oh. Can't we? Can't we all get along with our coffee? Can't we just do that? 
Come on, oh, man. Oh, my God. Can a brother just be who he is for, for at least I, one seat? Look, without shame, he can't go in and get his pumpkin spice. Come on Damn. now, people. We're, we, we've moved past that coffee stuff. And when All I right. go to Wawa, guess what? Sometimes I'm standing in line behind men getting pumpkin spice. Damn right. You know That's what I'm saying? We, they, they, are, they are secure in their masculinity. Yes. Thank yes. you. Can't we just all get along? Exactly. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah. So that is that was. Uh, there's a lot going on, man. But it was it was a fun night last night. It was it was a game where, just to talk about the Phillies real quick. It was a game where you're like, here we go again because Kimbrel gives up the home run that ties it, and I'm like, come on, man, you're right on the cusp of go. this thing. Finish yep. it off. And we here's go. where I'll really give the credit, Derek. You had three guys play an integral role in a game last night that clinched yeah. the playoffs for them that if we're all being honest, none of us knew who these guys were before the season started. Nope. So Jeff Hoffman in the top of the 10th gets out of trouble, gets has a clean inning, which is hard to do with the ghost runner starting at second base and nobody out. So props there to Jeff Hoffman, who was, you know, they signed him April 2nd. Okay. His story is unbelievable. So listen to this. So Jeff Hoffman only, they only really discovered the guy because yep. he was throwing live, basically live BP to Harper and Phillies players who were coming back from injuries. And they're like, this yep. guy's got some stuff. Like we got, we got to look at this guy a little closer. So right. anyway, that's how he really got on the radar. Then you have Johan Rojas driving in Christian Pache from second yeah. base. Yeah, Johan Rojas, who was the minor league player of the, of the a year for them. He got honored before the game with it, who wasn't on the roster. Kristen Pache was uh, an A. He was an Oakland A at the, at the beginning of the season. That's It's one of the things I love about sports, too, is just like out of nowhere, dudes contributing in big moments. And it was pretty cool. You know, and we've talked all season, Rob, and I've said, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, you're going to need some unsung heroes from somewhere when you get to the postseason. You know, you can rely on your primetime guys so much because, let's face it, there's a significant reason why they got you there. Yep. But when it comes to the postseason and all these scouting reports come out, these opposing pitchers are going to pitch these guys differently, mm-hmm. okay? And they're going to try to probably muscle or bully guys on the back end of a lineup. Right. But, but when you have guys who are produced on the back end of the lineup like Marsh, Stotts, Pache, uh, Rojas, all these guys, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and try to bully me if you want now. And these are confident, confidence-building moments. Yeah. And, and Rob, this is a happy, happy, joy, joy day when you talk about the Phillies. But you mentioned the one thing that really just took the wind out of my sail. Kimbrough. Kimbrough, your assassin, gives up a home run to the weak-hitting Pirates. Yeah, he scares the heck out of me. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's a lot of good things happening. Arizona, Dodgers, Braves. What's he going to do against them? I know. Listen, I'm – no pushback here. I, it, he scares me. You know who? I think Thompson's going to go um, closer by committee. I think he's going to look at the best matchups. If there's some righties coming up, you're probably going to see Kimbrel. If it's lefties, you're going to see Alvarado. I, I think he's going to go matchups. Anyway, yeah. you slice it. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't have a lot of. I, I feel better about Alvarado than I did two weeks ago, but I don't feel great. I, I feel. I, I feel shaky with Sir Anthony. I feel shaky with Kimbrel. And I don't like Soto a little bit. So, but here's the interesting thing: Do you use Hoffman in high leverage spots? Yes, he's been so good. I would too. Yes, yes, yes. You know yeah. the heck with Soto. Alvarado. Here's the thing: Alvarado still has this velocity. He can't find a plate. 
That's the problem. He, he, he walks the leadoff guy, and you know how that always bites you in the behind every single time you do that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last two outings when he's come in, he's loaded the bases before he's gotten out of jams. Yeah, it, it's it's a tight wire act every time he's in there. It's never clean. You feel like, it, I mean, look, he, he's a little bit better. I, I will say he his stuff looks a little bit better, but it's not where it needs. That, this is why I get those guys a little bit of work here, Derek. Even though these games are meaningless now yes, over the next yes. five, I, I get them some work here just to fine-tune it a little bit more if I can. When it comes to the pitchers, get them a little work. When it comes to some of the regulars. <clears throat> get like, them, get, like get Real Sports, Muto. Harper. Yes. You know, Castellanos. Give, totally. a, day, give a couple of days off. Yeah. You know, that's what the, Brewer, the Brewers coasted to a division title. They lost three in a row, and they won a division last night because the Cubs lost. Yeah. Brewers, they have 88 wins. They, they, they say, you know what? We have a six-game lead, five, six games to play, six, seven games to play. We're going to coast to the finish line. Yeah. You know, Get some of your guys out of there, man. Let them, let them chill for a little bit. I think you will especially see it tonight after all the partying they did last night. You, you're, you're, gonna, you're, gonna see, you're gonna see a lot of uh, a lot of non-regulars in there. Uh, I can guarantee you that much. Uh, you know, standing at the plate. No, yeah. step right into a fastball in the chin. No, yeah, I'm telling you. But no, it was it was exciting, and I, I, I will get. I, let me give props to Rob Thompson. I mean. We know, and we were doing the show, he took this thing over when it was ugly last year. They looked like they were on the cusp of going into the abyss. And he righted them last year. He's dealt with a, a good amount of stuff this year with Harper injury. You know, Harper not being able to start the year. He loses Hoskins in spring training before any of it gets going. Uh, you know, he, he's had Nola's, although I'll get to Nola in a minute. I, it's There's encouraging signs there too, but. Nola's had a down year. Like he's been able to overcome a good amount of stuff. And he's, yeah. he is very steady Eddie, man. Like I, he does not flinch. And that's nope. a good thing to be in baseball when you play 162. I, I chuckle when we talk about Rob Thompson, because let's go back to late May, early June. Um, we like the general consensus on the outside looking in critique. What was the battle cry? Was Rob Thompson a one hit wonder? Yeah. It, is it too big for him? Did he just what ride that, that, you know, yes. that lightning bolt last year. Yeah. We criticized his moves or lack thereof of moves. We criticized his rotations. We criticized his lineups when things were going bad. And then all of a sudden, June, we start to see a turnaround. Um, it was kind of stagnant, but a little better in July. And all of a sudden, it just started blowing up in August into September. Um, you know, so Rob, Rob Thompson, I'm, yep, I'm sorry, man. I doubt it, you brother. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I ain't mean to do it. Other people made me do it, Rob. I wasn't thinking straight, man. That's right. That's right. It wasn't thought. I just bad jumped influences. On I don't blame you, Derek. It was some bad influences around you. Yes, I, I jumped sure. on the bandwagon of negativity. I'm sorry, Rob. I apologize, man. But I'm with you, brother. Yeah. We're right here. <laughs> All the way to the finish line, man. We're right That's here right. now. That's right. We're right here. No, but he, he's he has. He's done a heck of a job. We'll get, we'll get more into the Phillies later. But uh we also had the Eagles, and like I said to you yesterday, Derek, having the Monday night game, you know, as challenging as it can be in some ways, time-wise for poor old us, it's good because you're a week, you're a day ahead of everything, and we're all, you know, they're back at practice today, and, and getting ready for the uh, the Commanders, and you know, they're one of the questions that you're going to be looking at here is they are dealing with some injuries in the secondary. Now we're hearing the Sidney Brown thing isn't isn't a huge deal, you know, with the thigh. Uh, Justin Evans, I haven't heard anything on the neck uh, no. as far as that goes. You know, I, obviously that's not something you mess around with. If it's even borderline, you, you err on the side of caution. But, you know, you're already thin back there. You know, we know that, um, you know, without Avante and, and, and some of the younger guys that you have. So 
that's something to look out for um, going into this Washington game. Because here's the thing, and we're going to talk to Brian Mitchell tomorrow. B. Mitch is going to join us yep. at 210. I can't wait. He's always awesome yep. to talk to. I um, can't wait for him to, to critique this team that just gave up nine sacks and got blasted whoa. by Buffalo. Because I he doesn't hold back. B. Nope. Mitch does not hold back, trust me. Um, but that's where I was going with this, Derek. You know, the psyche of a team that just gets their doors blown off like they did against Buffalo – you know, kind of wounded animals, if you will, going into this game. You have to imagine Washington. It, it, you're going to get it dialed in Washington because I'm sure Ron Rivera, you know, hammered them and is hammering them this week. Oh, oh, oh! You, you know, they start out two and zero, and all of a sudden get blasted by better competition. I guarantee you, he's got the ear. The he's got the the room's ear this week, brother. Well, yeah. I guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, that's the thing. As much as on paper, and I think the Eagles are eight point favorites. As much as on paper, it looks like. You know, look out here. The Eagles are gonna are gonna feast on this offensive line that they have. You just be careful. The, the one I think the one thing the Eagles really have going for them is they lost at home to this team last year under very similar circumstances, in that you know the Eagles were heavy favorites. It looked like they were just gonna run through this team, you know, yep. with Taylor Heineke being the quarterback. Wentz was already out at that point. Um, and then Washington came in here and beat them. So I, I, I guarantee you on the flip side of that, Nick Sirianni is reminding the Eagles every second about that loss last year. Uh, yeah, no, no question about that. And, and because it's a division game, what do we talk about division games? Always expect the unexpected, you know, yeah. uh, is, are the Eagles a better team? Absolutely. That mm-hmm. that means nothing when division games come about, man, because they're, they're backyard brawl. The, the rivalry intensifies, um, the pride factor intensifies on both teams' part. You know, um, for Washington, hey, we beat them there last year. We can do it again. We just got embarrassed by Buffalo. We better not let that happen against this Eagles team. For the Eagles, this team gave us our first loss last year. Yeah. You know, right. and they played them tough the second game also. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, hey, we got to send a message to them. They want to send a message to you. Somebody's message will be uh, um, amplified when that game's all said and done. No question. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. It's it's a look, it's a game where a, anytime it's a division game, that's big because you just want to rack those up. Um, but also we know that this part of the schedule is the more favorable part for the Eagles and and you need to keep stacking W's. That that's yeah. the big thing with this. Yeah, man. And especially now that you have you control the division, thanks to Dallas being Dallas. So you better you better once you hit that, once you hit that that I was gonna say the the Hurricane season of uh, hurricane portion of your season, you know you better go in there with six and zero oh, because oh. you know any and everything can happen. You know you got to go to Kansas City. You got Miami coming here. You luckily you have Miami and Buffalo coming here instead of going down there. Yeah, that's that's a big plus for them. What, what's what? I'm curious for you. Like what? What is? Is there anything that's really surprised you so far about this team? About the Eagles team? Yeah. I would say the dominance of the two young tackles. I uh, need to. Yep. Yep. That is that is my biggest surprise. Number two would be the inconsistency in the passing game up to yeah. this point. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that yeah. I, I don't know that we could have seen Jordan Davis making this leap. I really thought Jalen Carter was this guy. Like I, right. I did. So I'm not surprised at that. But I really uh I, I'm pleasantly surprised at how complete Jordan Davis has become. Yes. You know, in terms of being able to get after the quarterback and 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 you know against the rush game as well, which is I think what we all hoped he would be, but he's he's gone to another another galaxy as far as that goes. So that part of it, and yeah, I think 
I think we all so, sort of assumed that the offense was just going to be not, not any kind of hiccup. And, and we probably should have looked at it a little bit deeper with a new guy calling place. You know, I, I, I think with that Brian Johnson's owed a little bit of time to get his chemistry down Absolutely. with, absolutely. you know, with Jalen, um, like we always point out, it's a lot easier to, to think that way when you're still winning games and they are winning. Like, let me put it to this way. If they were one and two and it looked like right. this, the city would be in a panic. Oh, my goodness, willing yes. to be a little bit more patient because of that. Oh, my goodness, yes. But um, I would I would say, you know, not just the change in offensive strategy, but because teams have had a full offseason to dissect and break down this offense and come up with strategic ways to try to slow it down. Right. I think everybody identifies you are not going to completely stop it. It would have to be the perfect storm. Any defense, I don't care who your defense is, any defense that could flat out stop this offense, it would have to be the, the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. You can slow it down. That's with any offense. As great as, as great as the Patriots offense was under Brady, there were teams that were able to slow it down and beat the uh, same thing with Kansas City. Teams are able to slow it down and get the best of them at that one moment in time. There are teams that are going to find a way to slow it down and have a fighting chance in the fourth quarter. But in terms of just trying to flat out stop this offense, you can't stop it. You cannot stop this offense. Well, I think the difference between the Eagles and maybe some other teams, if they were in the same boat struggling, uh, say, with the passing game, they don't have the ability to run the ball at this level, meaning like control a game that way, keep the other team's offense off the field that way, end games with nine-minute and 22-second drives. You may have the ability to run it, but you don't have the ability to run it at this level where you yeah. can go to those kind of things. And we're, we're going to get into the off the trenches in the next segment with the offensive line and the defensive line in a minute. We'll do some projections. But I, I just look at it that way that you have the luxury. And it's not, it's not like – when I say luxury, it makes it sound like it's just kind of that they're lucky. They're not lucky. This is the way the Eagles build it. Yes. They spend a ton of money on their trenches, Derek, and they draft trench guys high generally. Yes, yes. But to be able to run it at this level, at this rate, is is pretty unique in, in this league now. It, it is. You know, um, Seth Seth Joyner talked about how the running game has been uh, revitalized, but the Eagles' offense takes it to a whole nother level yep. when it comes to a running game. Um, is it, the the op- I can't get over the holes that are opening up in this offense, in the stretch offense, the zone blocking, so on and so forth. Yep. I mean, just consistent holes that running backs have the luxury of running. To, they're four, five, six yards down the field in a lot of cases before there's even contact, mm-hmm. you know, which is unbelievable in today's game. And they're basically telling you, you know what, until you can stop it, we're going to keep doing it. Right. As long as we keep doing it, your offense is sitting on the bench watching us go up and down the field. And Christine, but yeah, play calling still a concern? Yeah, yeah. I need to see as we go here that they can find a rhythm in the passing game. I, I like the play calling in that they're not afraid to just pound the run. I like that, yeah. you know, and, and it, you, you know, Hey, stop it. You got to stop me. And then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do something. I like that. Yeah. The injuries is, is a concern. Don't know what we can do about that. Um, yeah. Brandon, Braden, man, we only saw him once. That's fine. That means the offense is generally clicking if that's the case. So, okay. Um, he did a good job on the holds, but yeah, the defense and, and in particular, the defensive line, uh, it, it, the interior of the defensive line has been awesome. I mean, Derek, yeah. you're doing this with only six sacks so far, which is not terrible. It's two sacks per game. Um, But it's just everything, everything's come almost generated from the inside. Like Josh Sweat had the strip sack 
week two, which was a big play for sure. But mostly yeah. it's been the interior defensive line. And, and I will say this when you're talking about this offense. I thought Brian Johnson's best play calling was this past game against Tampa Bay. So you're starting to see improvement. Yeah. And it's always good to be improving and getting better when you're when you're racking up the W's. You're right. If this was if this team was one and two and a Tampa game was the first win of the season, people still wouldn't be happy. You still wouldn't be happy. Right. But I thought Brian Johnson did a much, much better job of understanding the flow of the game and where he could consistently attack, you know, and hopefully that bodes well for this game against Washington and against the Jets and so on and so forth until he up until they get to the Miami, the Kansas City, the Buffaloes, Dallas twice, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. That's when we know the, the, the level is going to be raised, uh, you know, in a big way. All right. So when we come back, Derek, let's dive into the trenches here. Let's look at the Eagles running stats from an offensive perspective, from a defensive perspective. We'll do some projections with Jalen Hurts numbers, with A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, what we're seeing through three games thus far. And then at one o'clock, we're going to get into the uh, the commanders <clears throat> and what they've done so far. They are two and one as ugly as it was last week. They did win their first two games. But, you know, lesser level of competition for sure. But we'll look at where they are, how they measure up, who's doing well for them, who's not thus far uh, in this matchup. So heavy, heavy burn. Hold, hold on just a moment. Hold, hold on. Yes, sorry. Hey, I got my son here. Hey, Jordan, do you like do you like pumpkin, pumpkin spice coffee? No, I hate it. It's the worst. No, I, I told him I do like it, but I don't admit it to other men. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Who raised this kid? See, that's the <laughs> You got to be mad about this. Hey, I, I'm telling you, man. It's you know, you you taking a lot of heat in the household, Trish. Yeah, and now Jordan are giving it to you, man. You're, you're taking heat, Gunner. No, when we were when we were discussing this in the family chat, here's how he backs me up. Okay, he goes, I like pumpkin spice, but what'd you say about putting cream in it? Oh, I said, I said you shouldn't be ashamed of that, but you should be more ashamed about putting cream and sugar in your coffee. I don't <laughs> put sugar. I use like you know, French vanilla, yeah. for something. Dude, I, I drink it black. Put some hair on your chest. See, people saying your kid. <laughs> hey, this is he's he's definitely a mama's boy. He'll take his mom. He'll take his mom's side over me any day of the week. Uh, he's smart. He's a smart man. Yeah, he ain't smart. <laughs> he he forget who paying the bills in his house. I brought he's you in this smart. world. I'll take you out of this world. Yeah, I brought you in. I'll take you out. Yes. Oh my god. Sorry, I didn't right. mean to interrupt your flow. But. That's all right. No, that's we love it. That's the best part of it. All right. So we come back. We'll do some birds. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I am Rob. He's drinking his pumpkin spice. I am not. Uh, we are Sports Take. Let me tell you about Bravo Pizza of Habertown. Yes, I'm thrilled that they are a part of the squad. They're part of the show. They're part of the channel. I've been going there since I was a kid. Family owned since 1985. Stop in to see Alex and his crew each and every week. They have the best food on the planet, and it's not even close. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. I get the upside down, the grandma, which is my favorite. Uh, they also have the specialized pizza. However you want it, they will make it. But if you're not up for pizza, that's okay. They got fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Facebook and Instagram for daily specials and promotions. Stop on by 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back, friends. Appreciate you hanging out with everybody. Uh, We are. sports. You all right, Connor? Everything okay? uh, I just want to give a a shout-out to James Jones in the chat room here. Giving you some love. He said he puts Cinnabon creamer in his pumpkin spice. That's a real man right there. That's right. That's Talk right. He, he's not right. afraid. He is right. not afraid. Don't be a tip. Don't, you know what, Derek? Don't give into the peer pressure, man. You, you keep being you. Can nobody phase me? Wow. You should know me, man. Nobody phase me. <laughs> you know what? I, yeah. I, I don't, you know me. I don't care what people say about me. 
I hear you. You know this. You know I'm just making sure. I got your back, dude. I got what, you. did Chris, what did Chris Tucker say? And you know this, man. <laughs> so, so you have to know. Gunner, you got my full support, man. Next time I'm, I'm in, I'm in your neck of the woods. I'm buying you some pumpkin spice coffee, and I'm going to drop it at the crib. All right. Thank I got you. you. Hey, that's right, twins. Live your life, Diga. That's right. It's what I do. Come on, man. Come on. That's how we do it. All right. Uh, all right. So, Eagles. So, let me just throw some stuff at you here, Derek, which I found interesting. Uh, let's start with the defense. I'm going to give the defense love first. All right. Um, versus the run, they are number one, 48.3 yards uh, per game allowed thus far. Number one in the league. Total of 145 yards in the three games. Excellent. I mean, can't you you can't do better than that? Making a team one dimensional, and they've they've done it now for three straight weeks against the Vikings, the Bucks, and the Patriots thus far, um, which is only going to aid that defensive line in third and longs, third and mediums, because eventually, and we know how coordinators are, Derek, they will just get away from things and they start to say, you know what, it's not working. We're going to throw, 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 and you know, so far, uh, that's what we've seen so far. I mean, if Terry brings up an interesting point. Will Josh Harris be at the game on Sunday? He needs to get booed. Here's what I would say to that. Ooh. I think it's a very interesting question. Ooh. All right. I, I, I th- here's my guess. He will be at the game. He will be. Now, if he is smart, he will instruct. I'm, I'm guessing the game's on Fox. I think. I think it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is, actually. I think they have Joe Davis and Moose Johnston, Johnson, uh, if, I, if my memory serves. But uh, anyway, wh- whoever the network is, and I think it's Fox, if I were him, I would instruct them, please, no cutaways into right. the box. That's right. Uh, um, that would be a very smart way to go. What would be extremely dumb is for any Sixers player, and I'm talking to you, Joel Embiid, Ooh. to be in Josh Harris's box – High-fiving, living it up. If something good happens for the Commanders and if they win the game, it would be a really Ooh. dumb PR move. So, um, first first of all, yes, the game is on Fox. Okay. Um, secondly, I agree with you. Um, you cannot have a 66er player, especially – with the 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 tension that is surrounding that organization and the outside fan negativity towards what's going on with that organization, you cannot do anything to stoke the fire, the flames of the fan of fans' irate nature towards this team. Yep. Now you're right. First of all, if, if I'm Josh Harris, I demand don't you dare show a cutaway of me in the box, and especially now you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. The jumbotron in the stadium is going to put a shot of him up there. Somewhere, oh. <laughs> now, if I'm, but if I'm Josh Harrison, if I'm in a private suite, I'm not sitting in the front row. I'm being as inconspicuous as possible. Most of those suites have like three rows of seats. Yeah, and as you get to the third row, you notice that the backdrop gets a little darker because the light is more prominent, whether it's the natural sunlight or the floodlights. Yeah, more prominent on the front row. No question. Just, so just bury yourself deep in the box into the, the dark. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. you can stand up in the box and still see the field. No question, you can. Yep. So I'm not. It, it goes up. It's like steps for people who haven't who haven't been. Whatever. But yeah. Can you imagine if Joel not only is in the box with Harris, but has the audacity to be wearing a Washington Commanders jersey? Yeah. Like you're. Then it becomes. Yeah, frankly, it it becomes mayhem if that happens. Like it, it's a. Free, it's gonna be a free for all. I'm telling you right now, it really now, see, will. It's supposed to be, I believe, in the 70s on Sunday at 1 o'clock. So, yeah. therefore, 
there's no need to have a jacket on. Now, Joel's seven foot. Now, you know, we all know Joel's a little different. Joel's, he, he might come walking through the parking lot wearing that thing. Can you imagine subjecting himself, walking through the parking lot? Everybody knows who this seven foot dude is, and he's wearing a Washington Commanders jersey? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 first of all, I don't think he would do I really don't think he would do that. Um, but I would just caution, like even for guys who maybe are casual football fans who, who don't know any better, hey, let me just show up and I'm going to sit there with you. Just don't do it. Just trust me when I tell you, Don't. It, it will get really ugly in the city. It's the kind of thing the fans take very personally. It really it, it's a bad, bad idea. I, look, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world for Josh Harris not to go to the game. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I mean, but, I, you know, owners don't uh, visiting owners don't go to every game unless you're Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft. Not owners don't always go to the games. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now, now Jeffrey Lurie does, but a lot of times most owners. Now Josh has to be smart enough to understand he's in a very unenviable position here because you own one Philadelphia franchise and you are now the owner of one of their heated rivals. You got to be smart enough. Now, if you're going to do it in Washington, fine. You know, but even there, even going to Washington is dangerous because usually it's a 50-50 split or at the very worst 60-40 in terms of Washington fans slash Eagles fans. I can't even tell you how many times I've been in that Washington Stadium and more and at least half the stadium is a sea of green jerseys. Right. You know, yeah, so even no, that's just no, no better example than last week. Yes. Um, yeah, but but the other thing I would say is you got away with it to an extent owning the devils because the flyers have been so bad and, yes. and frankly nobody cares right now i mean i think like we talked about i like what they're doing now but the last four or five years nobody's cared and so by you the got way, away from it by, by the way their first exhibition game they lose six nothing to the devils <laughs> Can and you it was score up, one goal in an exhibition game and it was up oh. against the eagles playing monday night oh my goodness <laughs> but anyway i digress off the flyers but right. you're not going to get away not in this case Every eyeball is on you. Every Sixers fan is watching what you do here in this circumstance. And you are it, the hell will be rained upon you if 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 you don't act accordingly. And just I'm telling you, I know Joel loves sports take and watches Jacob all the time. I'm telling Jojo, me and you. This is me and you. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Hey, look, we know we know Joel, he dances to the beat of a different drummer. I know. He's his own man. But somebody's got to get to him and tell him. Joel, we love you like family, but that is not a smart move to walk into the, to, to, to Lincoln Financial Field in an enemy in an enemy's jersey with an owner who owns the enemy. Yeah, you, you not smart, especially when you consider there's more hate than love towards this Sixers organization right now. Agreed. Not a smart move, Joel. Don't yeah, do so it, bro. Good I'm, question uh, by Terry. Good question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I. Uh, I think Josh will be there. I would I would advise if I were he, uh, I would talk to the network and say, please do you, show Jeffrey Lurie every two seconds, but don't show me. Okay. Uh, I like this comment here. Hold up. It just, these things are going fast. If you're which one? Which one? I'll pull it up. Uh, Barbara Carroll, Josh Harris could go as owner of the Sixers and maybe take Harden with him. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, yeah. That's not good. Well, that's not a good idea. I, that I can pretty sure. Pretty sure that one won't be happening. Okay, I'm pretty sure James Harden and and Josh aren't going to be uh, sharing a beer watching the uh, the football game. I can let promise me, you that. Let, let me tell you how sure I am. 
As long as I'm black, that ain't happening. Say that now. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now. That ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, that one I can say with some pretty good certainty that you won't be seeing James and Josh hanging out together at, at the game. So yes, and hopefully Gunner keeps, keeps gets to stay black. Hopefully. Um, all right. <laughs> so the the uh, the run defense, Gunner. Uh, yeah. So I mentioned best in football against the run. Uh, you know, and, and in large part because. They've invested in those two positions with first rounders. I mean, they 2023 or 2022, yep. they take Jordan Davis 13 overall. Last year at, at nine overall, they take Jalen Carter. Years ago, they invested in Fletcher Cox, and that's still paying dividends for them. Milton Williams was a relatively high pick, and, and the guy is a real nice player. He's not great, but he's a real nice rotational player. So these guys are all playing at, at a very high level right now for you, and you have a nice mix that you can – keep these dudes fresh what, what Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter have shown in three games is forcing uh, uh, future opponents to change their scripted plays in terms of the run there is nowhere to go in the middle if, if you notice a lot of teams like to start with a dive run just to see what they can get and where they can penetrate that's not happening with these two dudes in the trenches. So now you're forcing them to alter their, their game plan and coming in here. You're going to have to try more stretch runs. You might have success on the perimeter until they start cheating up a safety or cheating up the linebackers to the line of scrimmage. And when that happens, then you slip the tight end over the middle or that's when you start hitting them with the deep intermediate shots when they start creeping people up. But you're not running on the middle of this defense. And opposing offensive coordinators – have to understand this. And I can't wait to see moving forward when they play some teams that are decent running teams, how they try to attack the interior. Even on the delayed draw runs, you're right. not finding any running room in the middle because those guys are commanding double teams in the middle, which is allowing other people to shoot gaps and fill gaps. There's no lanes to run. Linebackers shooting gaps. Safety coming down, shooting gaps. Even a slot corner has the ability to shoot the gap when they know it's a running play. There's nowhere to go in the middle. You're going to have to try the perimeters more than you do do the middle of this, this offense. Can opposing teams find success running on the perimeter? Now, the one team I cannot wait to see to try their run, style of running is Kansas City. Right. Kansas City shocked me the way they pushed the Eagles D-line off the line of scrimmage. In that game, you're right. But here's the thing. Jordan Davis wasn't the same player then, and nope. there was no Jalen Carter. You're right. Nope. I mean, we have to see it. So what we saw last year, Kansas City had great success. You're right. You are right. Now, I want to see them try that again this year. I'd be shocked if they have a fraction of success trying it this year. Now, they have the speed and they have the offensive lineman who can get out in space and, you know, perimeter run game. Mm -hmm. That's where I think the Eagles would be more vulnerable when it comes to running against them. You're not running up the middle on this team. I've seen three consecutive games. Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis have offensive linemen standing up on one leg and twisting and turning, just trying to slow them down, and they're still being pushed into the backfield. You know what else you notice, too? In a league where everybody's big, everybody's strong, everybody's fast, when either J Jalen Carter or Jordan Davis, there was the one play I remember that, that, that I think it was Carter, maybe it was Davis, grabbed a running back, like bear hugged him and slung him down to the ground. It looked like you, know, you were playing around with your little brother when you were yeah. kids. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is a grown-ass man that he just slammed to the ground who probably weighs – you know, 240, 250, you know, and as strong as heck, and you just slam this guy down like it was nothing. It just shows you how how gigantic and strong these guys are. I, I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing. So, and they're crazy athletic on top of it. So um that's that's good. Now they have six sacks, like we talked about before, but 
I'm sorry. That total is going to get up. You're, you're going to get more productivity out of Reddick. You're going to get more production out of Josh Sweat. You're going to get more out of Brandon Graham. That, it's just coming. It, like, I feel like with all of that, Derek, that's just a matter of time. Yes, I agree. I agree yeah. with you 100%. Um, it's frightening that both of these young men are barely scratching the surface of what's to come. It, it really is. It's frightening. Because once they learn what they're supposed to learn from the likes of Fletcher Cox and and even even the edge rushers like a Brandon Graham helping them out and Hassan Reddick helping them out to see little things and to work on certain things to improve on certain things, it's going to be nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare. Agreed. For opposing Agreed. offensive lines. All right. So that they so point wise, they're they're ninth in the league. Ninth. They're giving up um, nineteen point eight, which you know is a good number. I I could see that. I can see them moving up a little bit there and, and trimming a little bit off of that. Uh, but that's where they are uh, in terms of points allowed. Now, let's go to the other side of the ball, trench-wise, and talk about running it. So the second in the league in running, they're, they're, they're averaging 185.7 per game, which is second behind Miami. Good uh, Yeah, I know. I, well, that's the thing. We think of Miami, and they're just slinging it down the field. Miami also runs it. They, they were over 300 yards running last week. Yes, yes. You know, Three over three fifty. Oh my god! Um, and there's <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So they're second in total uh, total rushing yards as well. So DeAndre Swift, three hundred and eight yards so far this season. He's all, he's only second behind McCaffrey. So he's the, he's second leading individual runner in the league right now. They've rushed for two hundred plus yards consecutive times. They've rushed for two hundred yards now uh, eleven times under Nick Sirianni. That's Ooh. a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, there are right now. So a couple other things they're, they're tied for seventh in scoring. They're at 28. I think they were like 28.3 last year, which was good for third or fourth. So I think that can improve because you're doing that right now without the passing game being consistent. You know, there, there's no reason to think they can't get up, get that average up, maybe a point, you know, per game and up to about 29, somewhere in that range. And that's what we talked about. Can they be a 30 point per game team? You know, we have to see right now. Some of this is Jalen, and, and Brian Johnson getting on the same page, countering what other teams are doing right now. I, I don't know that, they, they, you know, their players are big on, and the coaches are saying we're getting unscouted looks, which means we're seeing things we didn't see last year, and that's fine, but you need to start being able to figure that out, you know, with a counter move. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and it's not, again, it hasn't fully evolved yet, but we're only three weeks in, and who, other than maybe Miami, who who do you feel like is fully evolved yet in their, in their offense? Nobody <laughs> Not even Kansas City yet. No, they're, they're still they're still scratching the surface of what what they're going to be. Now they're two and one, granted, right. um, and they 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 beat a worthy opponent in, in Jacksonville, um, but they're still scratching the surface of of what's to come. Um, outside of that, outside of Miami, not even Buffalo. Although Buffalo has picked up steam. Um, I can't think of another offense, Rob, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the point is uh, they're going to get there. Um, I just think they're too talented not to get there with the passing game. You know, so when we'll get into Washington and what they do well, what they don't necessarily do well um, in a minute. But just to let you know, from a passing standpoint, um, their defense is 13th. So they're, they're, they're okay. You know, they're okay in terms of the pass uh, passing game. But Washington's 22nd against the run. 
So you should be able to run the ball. But but I, I wouldn't even be worried, Derek, if Washington's numbers were good against the run because last week Tampa Bay went in as the number two rushing team. That's right. And you shredded them with Vita Vea right. and that entire crew. So I yep. I wouldn't worry. I'm not worried about that. Like I think that's there if you if you want to tap into it. That's there as far as the running game goes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I can see this being a ground and pound type game. Um Brian Johnson, be careful how many passes you throw up because Washington, Washington can't defend the run, but they can't rush the passer. They, they can get after it. Sacks. Yep. They already have 10, 10 QB sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so be careful how many times you put Jalen in harm's way with that pass rush. If you have you're picking up six, seven, eight yards. Uh, 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 hey, I, I run the ball 48 times and throw it 20 times if you have to. Yep. I, I'm big. Like, that's another thing. You know, I, I know like some people want to win a certain way and they want it to look a certain way. I, I don't care. I, don't I really don't care how you win it. Honestly. I don't either. You know, like it's not a beauty contest, man. No. Like at the end of the year, we're not going to look at the at the standings and say, you know, they won that game because they ran it, no. deduct a half a game. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So all I care about how many wins do they have, how many losses do they have, what seed are they? That's, right. that's all I care about. Right, and and are they getting better? You know what I mean. I I want to see progression in the passing game. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to see it looked awful on Sunday, but. You win the way you have to win, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't really care how it looks. The, the, Rob, we keep talking about the in, inconsistency between the ground game and the passing game, yet even though it's not where we think it should be and want it to be, they're averaging 28 points a game with an imperfect offense. 28 well points a game with an imperfect offense. Well said. And they're 3-0. and, oh, and you know, It's really all that matters. All right, well, now, we always – before the season, we always have fun – doing our own projections. All right, this is, you know, so-and-so is going to throw for this, and this guy's going to have this many receiving yards, and this guy's going to rush for this, et cetera. Yep. So uh, you're going to be our mathematician, Derek Gunn. Oh, okay. Get your toes out, get your fingers ready, Uh-oh. get your get your abacus. Um, let me let me give you just some, some stats of what we have so far. So Jalen Hurts threw three games, 640 passing yards. Yep. Three touchdowns, three interceptions, 67 completion percentage, and 84.5 passer rating. Now, pretty easy. I, I, I'm no mathematician, but I can I can project that out right now. <laughs> you know, we're looking at 17 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Not yep. not what the doctor ordered. Okay, that, he's not throwing 17 interceptions. He's not. Yeah. He's not. And, you know, and um, and that obviously we had high expectations for him this year, and it's a little bit, you know, a little little worrisome with the way it started i don't think it's him i don't think the three interceptions is who he is um i think it's a these games have been a bit kind of outliers so far completion percentage i can live with at at 67 i want the passer rating up you know i want i want him to be in the hundreds with that yeah um you know i i figured Derek he could get around four thousand passing yards he's he's not you know he's way off right now but i figured you know, I, I, because I thought his rushing attempts would go down, and so far we are seeing that. He's not yes. running nearly as much. So what, now, do you, what do you have him projected at? All right, projection-wise, based on the numbers of 460 yards passing right now, he's he's averaging 213.33 passing yards a game. 17-game projection is 36-27, which would be a little bit under what he threw last year, 37-01. Yeah, actually, it's not that far off yardage. Yeah, no. It's not that far off, but it's but it's less. Right. And we projected he would throw for four thousand yards. Now, granted, 
there's going to be some teams that are going to force him to throw the ball up because they're going to stack the line of scrimmage against the run. They're going to force him. So the numbers numbers could, could go up. Right. He's still, you know, 36-27 is still just 300-plus yards away from being at 4,000. Mm-hmm. So there's a positive, good possibility he could throw. But I think he'll have more than 17 touchdown passes. He had 22 last year. Yeah. He'll have more than 17. He might be around 22, 23 again. But those projections would mean he's not going to be anywhere near the MVP voting. Which, but who cares? I don't care if he ever wins an MVP. If he's consistently getting his team to the conference championship and Super Bowl appearances like a Patrick Mahomes, yeah, I could care less about him winning the MVP. I'm with you. I look, I'm with you 100. And, and, and you know what, Derek? I don't think he cares. He doesn't. He, he just wants to win. Like I, I really, if you think about it from this perspective, a, I just think that's the way he's wired. Period. Like he's that's just who he is. Number one. But number two, he got paid. Yeah, he he got paid. Like he he doesn't have to worry about that thing where it's going to be. Oh, but look at your stats. No, he he's been paid. So none of that stuff. That stuff is all so secondary. It's not yes. even close. Yes. Hey, you know, for Jordan, you know what it comes down to. It don't mean a thing if you ain't got that blame. That's 100%. what it comes down to. I guarantee you, man, he's thinking a lot more about walking off that field with all that red confetti coming down yes. on him yes. than he is, you know, what his stats are. No, no, not red confetti. Green confetti, not red. Well, it was red when last year. Uh, I'm, I'm looking in the future. I'm not looking in the past. I, okay, anymore. I meant I meant when he walked off in Arizona <laughs> on that slippery turf. No, no. Um, yeah, just, all right. the, just rack up the W's, baby. Well, let's go, let, let, let's go with a positive here because DeAndre Swift's already at 308 yards. So, you know, all right. I, I don't know that I projected him to be whatever it would be, 700, 1,700 or something like that, whatever that would um, project out to be. So, so right now he's averaging, and I'm t- we're taking into consideration he had one carry the first game. I know. He, it's basically two games. Yeah. So right now over three games, he's averaging 15 carries a game. That projects to be 255 carries Ooh. in a season. I don't see him carrying the ball 255 times. That's a he's lot. He's averaging 102.66 yards per game, which projects to 1751. I don't think he's going to get close to 1,700 yards because I don't think he, he's getting 255 carries. I don't see that. You that's overusing that young man. You need him to carry you help you get deep into the playoffs. No, I don't see that. I agree with you. I, all right, so let's just say, and, and I think we we were on the same page. I didn't project anybody to be a thousand yard rusher this year. I didn't. I thought they would have spread the wealth a lot more. Again, it's only three games, but I I will say this: I think he gets to a thousand. I think he gets a thousand. Um, at this rate, I would agree. Um, I'm shocked that they're not spreading the wealth more. Now, granted, Boston Scott has been in concussion protocol, missed significant time in two games. Uh, the second game, and of course, he missed all of the third game. They don't even use Rashad Penny. I don't get. Yeah. That. I still don't get that. He's he's, he's like a break glass in case of emergency yeah. guy. Now, the only time the only time he's gotten into a game is when Swift taps his helmet and says he needs a breather. Right. That's it. You know, which means he might get five or six. I can't figure this out for the life of me why they're not, you know, utilizing his talents even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's coming down to Swift and, and Gainwell. And Gainwell's not going to get as many touches. The only time Gainwell gets that many touches is if this team has a comfortable lead as they did against Tampa Bay. That's the only time he's getting uh, his volume of touches will go up. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I think it's quite obvious now based on the last two games, Swift is their feature back. And I didn't think going into this season, this team would have a so-called feature back. I thought they might have a lead back game to game, but not a feature back. Swift is that feature back. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, it was the other thing that was telling was with Gainwell healthy, 
Swift started the last game, right? I don't know how we how you wouldn't have started him coming off the right. performance he had against right. the Minnesota. But anyway, um, all right, well, let's go A.J. Brown, Derek. Um, 20 catches so far, 239 yards, uh, almost 12 yards per catch. He's at 11.9, has not found the end zone yet. Uh, so, again, uh, 20 for him, 239, and, and about 12 average for him. Well, even though he was somewhat pouting after that last game uh, prior to the Tampa Bay game, his projections right now, he's averaging just under seven catches a game, which projects 119 catches to four season, which is way up from the 88 catches he had a year ago. His overall receiving numbers right now, 79.6 yards a game, projected at 1360, which would be down from 1496. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, 1360 is still an outstanding season for a receiver. Oh, that is. Any receiver outside of Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill, uh, maybe Stephon Diggs, would be extremely happy with 1360 in receiving yard. Okay. Uh, So even those numbers, and I said this in our preseason evaluation, some players' numbers could suffer for the overall good of the offense. And AJ's numbers could suffer. You know, um, he may, he was a go-to guy this past game. He may not be that guy. It could be DeAndre. It could be Goddard. It could be Swift, depending on matchups. Right. You know, so he, he's just going to have to ride that proverbial roller coaster in terms of big games and marginalizing games. Right. It's just the way it's going to pan out for this team. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, all right, let's go Devontae. So Devontae so far, 15 catches, 206 yards, 13.7 yards per catch, and he's found the end zone twice. Um, You know, last year he was, I think, pushing right around 1,200 yards. Yep. uh, He didn't – I don't think his yards per catch were as high as 13.7. No, no. And his touchdowns weren't quite as high as AJ's. No. AJ had 11. He had seven. Right. Last year. Right. Uh, right now, he's he's averaging five catches a game. You know that's going to go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that projects to be 85 catches in a season, which is 10 less than he had last year. Mm-hmm. His, uh, his yards per game are coming out to just under 69 a game, which puts him at like 1173, would be slightly down from his 1196. That's not a bad place to be. No, that's excellent, man. That's no, excellent. Not yeah. a bad place to be at all. Yeah, I like that. All right. Goddard, it's a little – look, it's been slow. Let's face it. Um, 11 catches, 63 yards. That's yep. it. Uh, no touchdowns for him so far. Um, his projections right now, based on those numbers, are 68 catches, 357 yards. All right. That's obviously, this is changing in a big this way. This is going to be part of the evolution of the passing game. You're going to see Goddard. I thought they did better with him on Monday night. Yeah. Not great, but not better than what, where he should be. Not even close. I mean, he's too good not to utilize him a little bit better here. Um, you know, I, I think part of what we're still seeing is maybe we thought Jalen was a little bit more fluid, uh, advanced in terms of going through his progressions. Cause it still looks like it's maybe a, a little bit of a one read either take off or, or, you know, yeah, yeah. that's something I, I, I think regress is a strong word, but I, I thought he was better at that last year. I thought we had kind of passed that hurdle and maybe we, maybe we haven't yet. Well, I think it's I think it's based on you've played three great defensive minds the first three games. Yeah. And the confusion out there because like I said, you see him holding the ball longer. You see him floating out. Look at how many times he's floated out of the pocket hoping somebody would get open and throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. You know, you're you're not gonna play a whole bunch of Belichicks, 
Brian Flores and Todd Bowles uh, for the duration of this season. You're gonna play. You know, you still got to you still got to face Spagnola, but Spagnola's defense has basically been, but don't break. Keep everything in front of you if you can. Um, they're not a stout defense, even with Chris Jones back. But although Kansas City's defense has played well the first three games, they've been good. They they've have been good. They, they've improved. You know, and I was impressed. We talked about this week one. They held their own pretty well, even without Chris Jones. Yeah, they did. They only gave up 21 points, and, and again. You know, seven of them came on a ricochet that went right through Kadarius Tony's hands and was a pick six. Yeah. I mean, technically, they only gave up 14 points to Detroit in that first game offensively. Yep. yep. You know, yep. So uh, their defense is playing good. And again, the rookies that played all the way through the Super Bowl are now second year vets. That's a great point. Well, they have a better understanding of, of, of their job descriptions now. Yeah. Um, like this week, yeah. you're facing two good defensive minds, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Yes. But for me, Washington beyond the front doesn't have a ton. No. That, that's where they're vulnerable. They um, have the number one pick playing on the corner on the yeah. back end. But yeah. out, you're right. Outside of that front four, everything else is suspect with that team. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo's offense really exposed that team you know, yeah. defensively. Yes. And the Eagles personnel overall is better than Buffalo's. Yes. So the Eagles should have a really good measure in a copycat league. Even though offensive schemes are different, the Eagles should have a very good measure of success against this Washington defense. I'd be shocked if they don't have a good measure of success, both in the run and the pass against this defense. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a timeout, and when we come back, uh, we'll dive into those commanders um, and and look at what's going on there. Uh, Certainly, it's a precarious seat that Ron Rivera is sitting on here, uh, having been inherited by Josh Harris. He's got to win. I think he's got to make the playoffs to come back. But we'll talk about them in general. They're, they, they're, they have a quarterback learning on the fly. They do have a really good – don't sleep on the defensive line because they are legit. But there's some other areas that are very vulnerable uh, with them. So we'll talk about Washington when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a scary proposition. And I was in the front of that line for a very long time. But I can tell you from personal experience that someone I trust with my finances is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, right? And trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. It's another resource that Jim can help you with. The other thing that I love about Jim is he's always there to answer any questions that you have. Hey, I saw this. Uh, I'm a little bit confused. What's happening here? Do we need to get off of this? Should we make a move here? And he's always there with the advice, with the knowledge that you need. Uh, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you can email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. My friends, how you doing? Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate that. It's the gun. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, Gunner, let's look at the uh, the Washington Commanders. So they've beaten the Cardinals in their opener at home, a game they trailed uh, in yeah. and came back. And then they beat the Broncos. It was kind of a back and forth game. They they actually almost gave it up on a Hail Mary. Yep. Uh, and then they got away with a hold or a defensive pass interference on the two-point conversion, but nonetheless. So they win their first two, which was kind of surprising. Um, and then they get really throttled last week. They lose 37-3 to to Buffalo, um, a game where they turned it over five times, four interceptions from Hal, but there were five altogether. They had nine total sacks in the game. <laughs> nine. Oof. Um, so for the season, you mentioned this earlier, they've given up 19 uh, sacks. Now, that's a combination. It, it's an offensive line that isn't great to begin with, that's banged up, and and how holding the ball too long, this is part of what you get with young quarterbacks, too. I mean, he's in his second year, but this is his first year as a starter. I think he started one game last year, their, their, their season finale. So you're going to get some of that right now. But y- you would think that this Eagles pass rush – and the defensive line should be able to have a really big game. It may be the the, the key component to this game. Well, you know, um, I think um, 
Miss young Mr. Howell should just uh, bypass cleats altogether and put on lightweight sneakers because he's going to be running for his life much of this game. I, but I, I wonder if Sam Howell has the the stamina to withstand what's to come. I think he lacks some energy, Rob, and here's why. I just found this on Eagles Nation. Uh, Commander's quarterback Sam Howell has never eaten a burger, steak, or any sort of beef in his life and refuses to try it. He also has never had seafood. Chicken is the only meat I'll eat, he says. He also says the only way he'd eat a steak is if the commanders win the Super Bowl and he would probably take one bite. All right, you got a quarterback. They, don't, they won't eat meat. Okay. Well, oh, well, I don't know. a little Todd Barinovich action there. Uh, has he ever had a soda in his life or candy? That's interesting. But, well, how, hey, you know what? I'll never forget that story. It was well documented in the Sports uh, Illustrated uh, story. Yep. about Tom Marinovich and how he was weaned on, you know, just healthy foods his whole life and how healthy he was. Yep. And he was this great college quarterback. What happened to him when he got to the pros? Well, so what happened was, Derek, they were, he, they were his father, Marv, was so restrictive. Yes. So, can, you know, so smothering. Controlling. Yes. He started rebelling even in high school, smoking weed. You, you know, he would go to McDonald's with his buddies Ooh. when the dad wouldn't, you know, dad didn't know and all this other stuff. Not, Whatever. I mean, but so what happened with him was, you know, you know how it is not to do a whole parenting rant here, but you, you want to be, you want to be strict. You want to make sure that the rules are enforced, but if you smother your kid, they're going to, they're going to rebel in a lot of ways. And he went nuts the other way. He went, yes, he did. He went off he, the deep end. He wasn't worthy of being drafted where the Raiders drafted him, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he, he washed out and it, it, there's a good 30 for 30 on him. Yes. You ever get a chance. Yeah. Very good. I think Howell might be protein deprived. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's Sam Howell, by the way, all the Marinovich stuff. I'm just saying I, I'm that's just interesting. Saying, I didn't I didn't know that. So he was he was pretty healthy, healthy growing up. Okay. Let me tell you something. If I'm gonna tell you right now, if a doctor told me, Mr. Gunn, unless you give up all beef and seafood, you have less than six months to live. I'm calling everybody I know and say, Hey, look here, whatever you need to say to me. You got less than six months to do it because I ain't giving it up. I ain't doing it. Ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? I like yeah. my steak. I love my seafood. Yeah. I ain't doing it. I love chicken also. I ain't doing it. You know. Yeah. Far, far be it for me, by the way, to make fun of anybody's uh, anybody's uh, Look, dietary, as, as Christy points out. If know. that is your lifestyle and you live to be 100 years old and you upright breathing and walking, that is your prerogative. I'm just yeah. telling you from my perspective. I, I hear you, man. If yes. a doctor told me, Mr. Gunn, you have another 20 years to live if you give up beef or you have six months, I'm telling everybody now, look, here's where all my, my documents are. <laughs> here's uh, the will. Into yeah. all the accounts. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to say goodbye. And if I have to make amends with somebody and say, I'm sorry, uh, you know, I apologize. What are, what are you apologizing for? I don't know. I just want to make sure I go out in a blaze of glory, being the right, doing the right thing. If I yeah. offended you in any way, I apologize because I got less than six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I, and I appreciate your steadfast uh, belief in me. Uh, Eagles fan. Ellis eats from the bird feeder. That's true. <laughs> It's true. Oh my God. It's so bad. It's so oh. bad. All right. So um, all right, let me give you some stats on them. Just to tell me to throw it past you here. Tell me what you think. All right. Um, offensively, they're scoring 19.3 points per game, which is 19th in the league. They're rushing at 106.3, which is 15th. And their passing game is 25th at 182.3. I mean, not exactly scary stuff there offensively uh, from, from Washington. And now, Brian Robinson, who I think is a pretty good running back, he's he's rushed for 216 yards. 
4.6 yards per carry is good, and he's found the end zone twice. Yeah. I'm feeding him more if I'm them, but uh, Sam Howell, Gunner, 65 of 99, 671 yards, 6.8 yards per completion, three touchdowns, five picks, 74 passer rating, 65% completions mentioned the 19 sacks. What, what you're also seeing here is you're not getting nearly enough from Terry McLaurin, from Dotson. So McLaurin's got 13 catches, 126 yards, less than 10 yards per catch, and a touchdown. Jahad Dotson, 10 catches, 83 yards. That's 8.3 yards per catch. And he's a home run hitter. He doesn't have any touchdowns. Uh, Curtis Samuel, 10 for 127. Very pedestrian passing numbers here for these guys and receiving numbers. I, I do believe Mr. Howell is holding the ball too long because of uh, defense is trying to confuse him, and that's that's been his biggest problem. If if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I roll this kid out, let him throw on the run. I've seen him do it from highlights the first couple of games. He has a nice arm. Yeah, I'm not letting this kid stand in the pocket and take unnecessary shots. Um, my 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 rhythm offense would be one two three throw. When you have Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. I don't care how good your secondary is. Somebody's getting open within a three count, whether it's a quick slant route, whether it's a quick curl route, quick uh, out route, five-yard out route, whatever the case may be. I'm not holding the ball longer than a three count. If nobody's there, throw it away, live to play another day. I'm not taking an unnecessary sack and forcing my team backwards instead of trying to move forward. Um, I think obviously I didn't get to see Washington play Buffalo and can't base a whole lot on just the highlights itself to see what was his problem. But I would almost guarantee you it's a young guy being confused because teams are trying to disguise, especially in Buffalo's case, doing an incredible job disguising what looks you're giving them. And then all of a sudden when the ball snap, they bail into something else or send more attackers than he accounted for. Right. Offset that. Eric Vanemi had offset that. You know what? One, two, three this way. One, two, three that way. One, two, three over the middle. Get it out. Just like, just like, like, like salsa dancing. <laughs> one, two, three, move. One, two, three, move. Boom, 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 boom. Keep it moving. Yeah. Keep yeah. the feet moving, man. Let it go. Let it rip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when you when you know what's coming in. You know what's coming after you this week. Uh, it would make a lot of sense to do that. That's for sure. So that's where they are um, from an offensive perspective here. Let, let's look at them defensively, Derek. So they're uh, they're allowing twenty eight point seven per game which is 14th in the NFL. They're giving up 128.7 on the ground, which is 22nd in the NFL, and they're 13th against the pass. So they're, yep. they're giving up about 203 in the air. Not bad against the pass. Their rushing numbers aren't good, you know, especially for a defensive line yeah. that's got the talent yeah. that they have. They should be better than that. No, there's no question about it. Um, this is a defense that's going to have to rely on its front, um, and obviously the front has let them down in, in run, run defense. Um, when I look at when I look at Washington's overall uh, defensive personnel, great front guys, just okay linebackers, and an, and an okay secondary with a rookie at one corner. Um, that that doesn't that's not a great recipe for you know trying to assert yourself and being an opportunistic defense. It's not it's just it's just not. Kendall Fuller's a decent corner, but. Kendall Fuller has never panned out to be what a lot of people thought he would be. Um, you know, now this Cameron Curl, he had some great games last year. He had a good game against the Eagles last year. Yeah, he did. But I'm not afraid of Cameron Curl, okay? Um, the, the linebacking situation, you know, Cody Barton, 
Jamin Davis is another guy. When you look at a lot of uh, Washington fans, they've been extremely disappointed with him. They, you know, projections were that he could be a star in the making in the league. That hasn't been the case. He was the 19th pick taken overall in 2021. Has not right. lived up to it as a linebacker. So it all comes down to how you attack and defend against that front four. I will tell you what, man. When you're talking about Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat, man, that's a great quartet of players to have in the trenches for you. Yeah. And let's face it, last year, both games, this was without Chase Young, especially the D tackles, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, gave the Eagles' interior offensive line fits the whole game. Gave them fits. They did. I expect, I expect it to be a great war of attrition in the trenches again this year. But with Chase Young coming off the edge along with Montez Sweat, it's going to be interesting. But yeah. for both teams, both teams, Rob, what's, yeah, the, best, what's yeah. the best way to neutralize a pass rush? Hit them in the mouth running the football. Yeah. And that's not something the Eagles do extremely well, and Washington does not. Um, so let me let me talk about let's get back to the Eagles for one second because I want to relate it to the to Washington here. One of the other areas the Eagles had offensively haven't been good at, and Nick Sirianni spoke about it today, is their 25th in red zone efficiency. Yes. In terms of scoring touchdowns. And we remember how effective they were last year uh yeah. in that category. What do you attribute that to? Is that just still they're, they're not they're just not where they are, they where they need to be yet? They're still figuring out what teams are doing. Teams teams have done a great job up to this point in the red zone of disguising, right. disguising what they, what what Jalen Hurts is looking at, and it's caused a lot of disruption in the flow of what they want to do, and who the primary and secondary targets are when you get inside the red zone. It's definitely scheming. Mm-hmm. You know, you face three of the best in terms of scheming, okay, and you got to figure it out. And if there's a team you can figure it out against, it's against this Washington team. You know, I expect it to be a little, definitely uh, less flawed when you get inside the red zone. This, If they decide to go to the pass more so than a run, this is a team where you could have a good measure of success of going against. Now, don't stand back there and hold the ball too long. Shorten your receiver's routes, you know, but the back seven is not world beaters. You know, take advantage of it. Keep them on their heels. Attack them. Identify what the weakness is quickly and keep attacking it. And when they start covering up and, and, and sliding coverages over one way or the other, hit them with the run. Punch them right in the mouth with, with, mouth with the run play. Soften them up. You know, you should be able to control the clock six, seven, eight minutes on this defense. No question about it. It should be lopsided again in time of possession. It should yeah. be another 38-22 type time of possession again. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I Look, I, I there is um... – you know, one of the reasons I think the Eagles were so effective in the red zone was if you got third and goal, fourth and goal, first and goal, second and goal, whatever, and it was, you know, I'm talking about on like the one or the one and a half, you were just going to do the tush push and score. But you also have to be able to throw it sometimes and be successful there. This is where you utilize some Goddard a little bit more. Um, you, you know, I just think they need – for a team that runs the ball that well, they should that those numbers should go way up, you know, from what they were. Yes. Um, yes. That's the frustrating thing with them. Because that's because- the – you just feel like there's so much more here to it, you know? Oh, there is. There's no question there is. When a team starts cheating up personnel to play to defend your run, and you get you get uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Goddard in a lot of one-on-one situations, you should be able to tear them up in a passing game to make them respect them. Okay, you're going to cheat up now and try to stop the run? Here's what we got for you. You know, that's what they did last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised through three games that we're still talking about how 
jagged the passing game is. You know, now at some point it's going to be per- it's going to be a perfect storm. Some game. I'm hoping it's this game, so we can stop talking about this in a negative light. But until we see it, we're still going to talk about it. It's still going to be brought up to Sirianni in press conferences, to Jalen Hurts in press conferences, so on and so forth. Yeah, look, I think as much as we and we're both on the same page, just win however you have to do it. Um, you want to be able to, to to know as you get into the meat of this thing with the schedule that you're you you can you can be a balanced attack. Right now, they're not necessarily balanced; they're they're no. very lopsided. Um, yeah. But when you start playing like the, the stretch when you get Miami, so this isn't that far off. I mean, you have three more. Yeah, you know, it's about four more weeks. But yeah. Miami. <clears throat> Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas against Seattle. You know, this having the ability to run the ball is great, but you're you're going to have to tap into your your passing game and be a little bit more effective with it against those teams. It's just the way it is. Yes. No, no question about it. Um did we expect too much coming out of the gate? Maybe. Yeah. But that's because of you spoiled us. You spoiled us a year ago. And that's one area, one area of this entire team we thought would be just meticulous from the start. And yet it's the one area we seem to talk about the most. And when I say we, not just we, but across all platforms in this region is what they continue to talk about. Where's this lethal passing game that we saw a year ago? Why is Jalen Hurts hesitating with the ball in his hand? Why is he throwing it out of bounds? You know, he's running, 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 floating, 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 and all of a sudden, out of frustration or realizing I got to live to see another day, throws it in the dirt or throws it out of bounds. You know, that's not the Eagles passing attack we expected to see. But we should have been, we should have been aware of this, considering that you've had from January, February up until you actually have to face them to, to flip the script on what you do. I mean, let's face it, year to year, most teams who are established are going to run what they're going to run because that is what has given them their measure of success, whatever it is. But all three opponents we've seen so far has come out of their norm a little bit, which is the utmost respect for this Eagles passing offense and the offense in general, to try to take away an element where they think they might have a fighting chance to stay in the game. Now, with New England and even Minnesota, both of those teams had a fighting chance They just fell short in other areas, i.e. turning over the ball at the most inopportune times, whether it was the early in the game or late in the game. With uh, Tampa Bay, they were simply just overmatched, you know. And I expect this Washington team, especially on defense, to be overmatched in this game. I agree with you. Look, I I think that the the point spread is accurate, Um, you know, eight-ish, somewhere in that neighborhood. I I think this is going to be a game where early – if I'm the Eagles, I'm testing Washington on the ground. I'm, I'm talking about offensively. I'm going to try and pound it down their throat early. Yes. And if they can't stop it, then I'm going to ride it like I've ridden it the, the first few weeks here. Um, but, you know, again, if they're countering, if they're loading the box and they're saying, we're, we're going to, all we're going to do is stop you with the run game, that's where Jalen has got to be effective. That's where you got to hit, hit the slant plays and let A.J. get the run after catch stuff. Yes. Where Devontae, you're doing the precision passing to the sideline with him with his great route running. Or that's where – Maybe if Quez Watkins comes back, you're hitting him, or Zacchaeus is doing some things. I like this is what and, and Goddard, not to mention Goddard float over the middle. Yeah, this know. is that's where you got to beat him up in terms of that stuff. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. look, I, I think there's a lot of 
this matchup sets up well for them here. And I think there is a little bit of a revenge factor on their mind. Like I know the Eagles won 14 games in the regular season, so they're not sitting there with it, having this week circled and it's all they're thinking about. It's consuming them. I don't mean that, but I do think they remember how, how that played out. And I also think they feel like they were jobbed a little bit in that game. You had the Goddard face mask that pulled him down and he fumbled, yep. Yep. which was, you should have been called. It wasn't called. Quez really hurt them in that game on a couple of instances, yep. uh, namely the fumble. So there were things that happened in that game where they probably should have won anyway, but you know, wasn't the case, you know, uh, wasn't the case in that game for sure. But all, all they're the better team. I think Washington's first two wins were a little bit phony. Uh, when you consider who the opponents were uh, when, right now, you're talking about two, you know, a, a, a winless Denver team and a, and a Cardinals team that does have, you know, has won one game and it was Dallas. That's a very valid win, but all in all, not great. And when they played a real competitive team, it wasn't, it wasn't close. Like I watched the first right. half of that game, Derek, and then I had to, I had to run to get to the airport, but you, you, you never really felt like Washington was in that game, you know, with yeah. And, and Buffalo basically told Washington, you're just not ready for primetime players yet. You're not there yet. You have a ways to go to be ready for primetime players. You know, Buffalo's an established team. Washington is an evolving team because of the quarterback situation. And obviously Sam Howell doesn't have that chemistry yet with Terry McLaurin, with Johan Dotson, with Curtis Samuel. Um, and, and it's and it's never-growing process for this Washington team. So the Eagles have them right where they want them right now because uh, there's a lot to dissect. If I'm Washington, I've got a lot of film to dissect in a short amount of time this week um, to get ready for what the Eagles. If, if anything, a good coordinator will say, okay, instead of running an expansive offense against a team like the Eagles, um, which is a superior team to us, as was Buffalo, let's simplify. let's simplify things. What works well for us? There's still enough in the playbook and on the board, on the, on the chalkboard, that we can use to our advantage, even against this Eagles team, in terms of simplifying. Don't get too cute with it. Just be basic and be thorough at what we do, and let's see what happens in that regard. I agree with you. Look, I agree. So I, I think definitely um, it, it should be a game the Eagles win. I don't see any kind of. You know, you're not, you're not looking ahead or doing any of that kind of nonsense if you're the Eagles. No, I mean, no. what's on tap is is the New York Jets without Aaron Rodgers. So I don't I don't know that that's the case. And by the way, we'll we'll talk some Jets later in the NFL segment because <laughs> there's man, there's a lot going on there with with those guys. Oof, uh, we we got some real dumpster fires going on in the NFL. Chicago, Oof. the Jets. I mean, they're 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 not the only ones. Uh, Denver, there is <laughs> massive. Did, did you see the clip that I sent you from the Oakland Raiders fan writing a letter to the team? Oh yeah. Oh, geez. oh, they're, they're pretty close. I, I don't know that they're like, someone started a bonfire in a dumpster and, and, and Vegas is almost there. They're getting close. Yep. They're maybe like yep. fourth in it. So uh, yep. we'll talk about them as well in the NFL segment coming up at two o'clock. All right, come back a uh, little bit more on the Phillies. And I'll tell you, I'll give you two names, Derek of guys who could help them in a big way that we're probably not talking about when it comes to uh, to the Phillies in this playoff run. We'll get into that NFL segment at 2 o'clock. A uh, bunch of stuff in the in the final segment as well, um, including birthdays, but, but some Deion Sanders stuff. Some uh, we, we lost uh, Brooks Robinson, who's one of the all-time greats, but we'll get yes. into a bunch of stuff when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about pro action restoration yeah pro action restoration is the place that you reach out to 
if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you go through that pain, that inconvenience, that, that unknowing of what you do with water damage, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it, they can handle it. Uh, and the beauty is Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So any time of the day, night, early morning, weekend, holiday, whatever the case may be, you can reach out to them and they will get there with the quickness. Okay. I can tell you from personal experience because it happened to me at my parents' house and they got out to their house. They cleaned up the problem. It was a big relief for, for, you know, two folks who didn't know what to do. Okay. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, it could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or you could reach them online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. 
When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. In the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. That. Appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us. That's Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Take. Tell a friend again, Brian Mitchell, tomorrow at 210. B. Mitch will join us. And you can always go back and watch the shows. Uh, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You can check it out. Uh, just do a search for Sports Take. Uh, tell a friend. Hit the like button if you could. Appreciate that. All right. So the Phillies clinch a not only a playoff berth last night, Derek, the number one seed in the wild card. So the way the way it would set up right now, and again, a lot of this is TBD. A lot of this is up in the air. We don't know how it's going to shake out because it's very close. Um, beyond the Phillies, it's very, very close. If it ended right now, they play the Diamondbacks. They would play three games at home against the Diamondbacks. That's the format of the wild card. So it's best best out of three. So you you got to yeah. get that first one is big. Um, that's the way it would, it would go right now. But Chicago's only a game back of them. Yep. And I don't know if you saw the way that ended. With that Chicago. Game. Oh, they drop. Oh, my God. So um, – and the Marlins are only a half game back of Chicago, and Cincinnati's a game and a half back of of all. So anyway, it's very jumbled. It's very tight. Uh, these last what five games or whatever can determine a lot here. But yes, it would be Chicago right now. But you have, I mean, it would be Arizona right now. But you have Chicago nipping at their heels as well as the Marlins. I, I would like Chicago personally. There's no question. I said that yesterday. Um, could they beat Arizona and? Um... Uh, the Marlins in Philly, yeah, what, two out of three, winning two out of three. I like those chances, but this Marlins team does not fear the Phillies. No. And they hit. And Arizona can pitch and hit. You know, and, you know, even though they have it in their backyard, uh, I, I have my concerns about whoever steps on the hill that's not named Zach Wheeler yeah. for this Phillies team. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, Nola pitched well last night. He had motivation, obviously, for the clincher. One of the better games he's pitched. I still let me go on record. I still don't trust Aaron Nola. First yeah. of all, I don't trust him anything else. I like Hoffman, um, and as we talked about in the previous segment, I think Hoffman would be one of the first guys I'm calling in a crucial situation. The way he's pitched over the last month, but Arizona and, and Miami scare me against this Phillies team. I think they smoked. I think they smoked the Cubs. It, what you, you only two out of two out of three. So. You mean they could easily beat the Cubs two out of three, oh. and the Cubs have a decent decent team. Yeah, but those other two teams, I don't even want to think about if somehow, some way, the Phillies, you know, stumbled around and let Arizona and Miami come in here and, and beat them. I really don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to think about that either. But I, I agree with you. I mean, there's there's things to be concerned about. Here, here's what I'll say about Nola. So last two, so last night he goes six and two thirds. Four hits, one run allowed, eight strikeouts, no walks. He did give up that home run, but 90 pitches, very good. Wait, no, he gave up another home run? He did give (laughs) – yes, he did. Um, Last two starts, he goes 12 and two-thirds, just 10 hits, three runs, and 16 strikeouts. 16 strikeouts and no walks in his last two outings. And he's always good with that strikeout-walk ratio. But that's that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So he's looked good the last two outings. Um 
I got to tell you, Derek, I don't, if, if I'm, I'm looking, I'm pulling it up right now, but I'm going to look at what the way the rotation is set up to close out the season here. I would think long and hard about shutting him down. Okay. So he's supposed to pitch the last game of the uh, regular season this Sunday against the Mets. Ooh. I'm either not throwing him in that game or I'm giving him like two innings of work. He's, he's hot right now. He's sharp. He's feeling good about himself. And then I'm rocking and rolling with him game two. So game one of the, of the we know this, of the wild card is Tuesday. We don't know who they're going to play. We right. don't know what time, any of that stuff. Right. But you're likely playing Wednesday. So Sunday would give you Monday, Tuesday. That would only be three days rest. I'm probably, I'm probably skipping Noel there, or he gets a very short outing where he's not taxing his arm. <laughs> that last game of the season would be um, pitching by committee. Yeah. And yep. I'm talking st- uh, some of the guys who can use some work. That's who's pitching the game. I yep. don't care if I lose that game a hundred to nothing. That's who's pitching that game for him on Sunday. You know, plain and simple. Let your main guns get as much rest as possible. Get those arms some extra rest and come out and let let the chips fall where they may. Um, anybody who I'm considering, and that includes and that includes like Alvarado, uh, guys like that. I'm not pitching them on Sunday. There's no yep. way. Yeah. Yeah. I want them. I want them super rested for Tuesday. You know, if you can uh, worst case, not even worst case, but I mean, I, I would think about for a reliever, I'd be okay with Saturday, but if I could give them Sunday and Monday, two days to rest those arms up, man. And if you got lucky with the way this draw the schedule falls out, maybe even um, Tuesday, if they start Wednesday, you know, yeah. you might, there's a possibility you might get three days rest unless it's come out that although they don't know if their opponent, it will start. I haven't seen anything that says, even though they don't know their opponent yet, it will start on Tuesday or Wednesday. I haven't seen that yet. So. I've seen Tuesday, but I don't, we don't, there's okay. everything is, right. is up in the air. It's too close to be able to determine anything yet. We don't know what any of it's looking like because think okay. about it. You're going to have teams that are still playing for something meaningful on Sunday. Yep. Like Arizona, you know, Arizona is going to have to get, I, I'd have to check where they're playing, but they'd have to get likely to the East coast and, and, you know, hustle here anyway. But yeah. So that's another advantage too, making them, you know, hop a flight from, you know, from, from the West coast, but, um, um, looking at, I'm looking at it now, uh, Arizona's, uh, last three games are down, uh, at home. Oh, okay. At home versus Houston. So that's good for the Phillies actually, if it ended up being that way, that's good. Yeah. And and that's good for, um, um, uh, the other teams too, because Houston's in a battle all the way to the end, uh, over in the American league, they're in a battle for, for not just, Trying to win a division, but getting a wild card. When you, look at how many teams are in a fight for the wild card in, in the American League. Oh, I know. I, you're right. Well, let's let's tell people. So what, here's what's going on. So you're 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 Tampa, uh, Tampa is the you know the lock. Forget it. Nobody's. It's over. Uh, but then it's it's the well actually yeah it, it, Tampa's in really good shape. But then it's it between the Blue Jays and the Astros and Seattle, it, it they're pretty bunched. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty tight. You look at, I mean, Toronto, 87 wins. Houston, 86. Seattle, 85. Yeah. One of, those teams, one of those teams is not making the playoffs. The, the World Series champs may not get in. Exactly. Yeah. So they need they may need those last three games, which bodes well for the other teams that if they do get in, they may have to face. So Absolutely. it's the same scenario as, as Arizona. Yep. Yep. No question I mean, about it. You you see a, you see a 80 win. I can't believe you're looking at the Yankees barely three games over 500 and Boston five games under 500. And they're not, they're not even in the playoff equation this year. 
I know. <clears throat> and yet another year where the Angels just languish at 71 and 87. Uh, uh, I, I was reading this long story on Mike Trout yesterday. Um, yeah. So, you know, basically he's he, he said, I hired three different people in the offseason to, to work on my body to make sure that I can I can get through for the long haul this past yeah. offseason. And he said, you know, I, I break my hammock bone on a swing. He said, it's so fluky. Uh, he said, I'm beside myself that I, that, that I couldn't play. And, but it, it doesn't look like Gunner. He's just one of those guys who's starting to break down. It, it, even if he's not that old, but he's been around since he was 19. He's in his yeah. 13th year. I think he, he mm. just looks like his body's having a hard time holding up now. It's a shame. That's a shame. Cause he's such a phenomenal player. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people wanted him back home here in Philly, yep. you know, yeah. uh, but now. Yeah, I no. wouldn't. I I I love the guy, but I wouldn't get anywhere near that. He's got no. insane years and money on his deal. I yes. I, I can't trust it. Ne- never trust it. Um. All right. So back to the Phillies. Let me let me throw two names at you that that could be interesting here. So Rob Thompson was on the uh, the WIP Morning Show today, and Reese Hoskins' name came up, and he's Ooh. actually taking swings now. Uh, he's showing some pop, some power. And he said it isn't completely out of the question for him to come back if they get to the World Series. They After an ACL see. tear? Yeah. That quickly? Yeah. He toured in March, the beginning of March. Okay. So, or, or mid-March. I, I think it was like mid-March, whatever. But that's – so that's April, May, June, July, August, September. The World Series would be October. That does feel quick to me. That's seven months. Most uh, most most football players take nine months to over a year to get back. Well, so what they're saying, what he said, what he would do with them is he would DH. He would not play the field. They wouldn't subject him to any, you know, any of that kind of stuff. But he, yeah, I, I've, Whoa. it feels you, fast to me too. It feels you, fast to me too. If you, you still got to run, you got light years to get to the bases. You may have to bend that leg and slide. And as we all know, you jam that thing into a bag yeah. or, you know, you, 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 you know, you snap it too quick and all of a sudden, Oh, well, not to mention the torque just swinging. Yes. Yes. You know, that's a, that's a, it's a violent act swinging a baseball bat. You know, you're using your, your knees, your legs, your, your back, you know, everything's involved there. Your hips. So Um, do you really need them? Do you need them? That's my thing is like, and I hate to say that because I like him as a player. No, he's a great guy, but But I'm with you. Like, especially if my offense is rolling, if, it, if they look good in the playoffs offensively and they're, you know, they get to the world series again, we're, this is all if they get to the world series, but if they get there, I'm saying to Reese, dude, just let's be conservative here, you know? And I, yeah. I understand yeah. from his perspective, he may never put on a Phillies uniform again. Cause he's a free agent. Yeah. And he and wants it to affect help. his money. Could could affect his money. Big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. But so I'm, not, I'm not breaking it back. I'm not. I, I, I personally, I wouldn't either. I'm with you. I'm just saying that this is this is what's you know Thompson mentioned. So the other one I brought up to you yesterday is the uh, the uh, the Orion uh, Kettering, uh, the pitcher. Yes, who's got filthy stuff. He, he's a guy yeah. who worked his yeah. way up from single A all the way to the majors this year with yep. his with his stuff. Um, Thompson said he's a possibility out of the pen. That could be Good. interesting because there are teams that have very little familiarity with this guy. I mean, I think we'll see him a couple of times between now and the end of the, um, you know, regular season, this up, this, you know, week, Wednesday through Sunday, but he could be a little wild card for you coming out of the pen with that stuff. And, and I think they believe like he he's, he's a, 
doesn't know any better guy where he's just yeah. like, all yeah. right, I'm just pitching, man. This is the same to me as it was in the, you know, in the minor leagues. And, so. a guy like, and a guy like that with filthy stuff, I don't even need him for a full inning. I want him as a situational pitcher. Yeah. Two men on, second and third, one out. I need somebody that you don't have a scouting report on with that with that nasty stuff. See if you can get an out for us. Yeah, that's all I need to see. Can you get us an out? And we'll go to somebody else, yeah. you know, with more experience to finish it off. Uh, that's all I would want to see from him initially. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if he's if 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 he's showing stuff in poise. Uh, control going p- corner to corner on the plates, you expand them a little bit. You know, you get a pitcher in the floor. Okay, uh, we're gonna send you back out there. Let's see what we can do here. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so that that's gonna be fascinating. We talked about this earlier. I, I have seen enough from Jeff Hoffman that I would 100% use him in high leverage situations. I'm yep. not afraid of him. I feel nope. good about him nope. uh, right now. You can't so, say that, you can't say that about anybody else other than Wheeler. But I like what I'm seeing from Hoffman. His yep. story to get here is incredible. Thank you, Bryce Harper. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but outside of that, um, who knows? He might he might be my setup guy in the eighth inning, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I would not be afraid of that if that were the case. All right, let me give you some numbers here, Derek, because I don't know how much more these guys are going to play here. I mean, I think they'll play just to keep them loose and, you know, whatever. They'll play a little bit. But um, if it ends this way, if these numbers are pretty close, it's pretty amazing. All right, so Trey Turner. Four awful months, and he hasn't been particularly hot of late, but still, he's going to finish up. He, right now, he's got 26 home runs, 76 RBIs, 166 mm. hits, 101 runs, and he's got 29 stolen bases. That's crazy when you consider mm. the way that he started, right? Mm. Um, Nick Castellanos, bounce back, 274 average, 29 home runs, 106 runs driven in, 169 hits, 79 runs. I mean, he is bounced back big time from last year. And he's been on fire the last month of the he's season. On, he, he's hot. He's heading into the playoffs hot, like yep. certifiably hot. Bryce Harper missed a month and a half with uh, reconstructive elbow surgery. Still is going to finish with you – know, he's got 15 home runs right now, 61 RBIs. Um, I'm sorry, I'm giving you I'm giving you Bryce and Stott. Excuse me. Bryce Harper right now, 292 average, yep. 20 home runs, 71 runs driven in, and 131 hits to go with 82 runs scored. That's – Pretty amazing production um, coming back from an injury, sl- slow with the power and missing the amount of games. Like he's only played 123 games, like compared to um, 156 for Kyle Schwarber. So he's missed, you know, a good amount of games still. Um, Schwarber. Yes. The average is 196, but 45 home runs, hundred runs driven in. Uh, he's walked 124 times. Uh, 112 hits, 106 runs scored. Pretty darn good. Um, Bryson Stott, 281 average, 31 doubles, 161 hits, 15 home runs. He's got 31 stolen bases. All right, last one I'll give you is, you get the point. There's a lot of production here. Boom. Let me give Boehm some love here because he's had a really good year uh, for them. So Alec Boehm, 277 average, 151 hits, 31 doubles, 19 home runs, 95 runs. I would love to have seen him get to 100. He's got 95 absolutely runs driven in. But but all in all, that's it goes to the point of this lineup. There's no breaks because you have all of those guys, Real Muto and Rojas is hitting over 300. Yeah, There's it's no easy out. It's one of the most stressful lineups in all of baseball. You know, yeah. you can say the Braves, you can say the Dodgers, 
Philly's lineup is stressful on a pitcher, no matter because one mistake and you look and, and you you bow in your neck to watch it sail out of the stadium. And that's yeah. one through nine. Even a even a so-called light hitting guys in the back end have power. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a great luxury to have, especially heading into the next season. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of lightweight hitting team uh, guys in the back end of uh defense. You just I mean of uh um, offenses, you cross your fingers just hoping they can get you a decent hit every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this, right. crew, this crew all of them have the ability to send it over the wall at any given moment. Yeah, and you have guys who I think have hit the wall a little bit, and that's where a couple days rest will get, be good for him. Like, I think Stott, it's going to do him good. Uh, Marsh had the home run last night, but I think Marsh, it'll do him good to get a little bit of rest. Certainly, Real Muto. Yeah. That's the best thing about the way things all played out last night is you now have five games where you can get these guys, you know, some downtime. So that that is really good. Um, all right, so Eagles-wise, let me jump back to the Eagles here, Derek. Uh Landon Dickerson had the knee contusion and didn't come back in on Monday night. He said today he's fine. Yeah, I was just about to mention. I was just I just got a text saying that he's fine um, and should be good to go Sunday. Yeah, that's huge, right? I mean, you get yep. him back, and you, you know you don't want to mess with that offensive line. That's for sure. Uh, but to have him back playing, you know, basically saying it's no big deal. Um, yep. That's a biggie, right? And I, I think everything we're hearing about Sidney <clears throat> Brown is he's fine. We, I haven't heard anything about Justin Evans. So that's uh, that would be the yeah. one I would worry about a little bit. Justin Evans, I'm told, still wait and see with him. Still nothing definitive on him yet. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that that one's because you're so thin back there to begin with. It's the last thing you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, with Dickerson, it's a knee contusion. Um, but he says he's going to be fine. Look, he, he's a guy who I don't want to throw any jinx here. So I'm going to – I'm knocking on wood, you know, as I say this. But – Considering his injury history in college, which was yeah. vast. Now, when he, when he, oh, I think he had a patella. When he yeah. played, he was great. You know, so the talent was always there, but he's held up pretty well so far. So far, so yeah. good, you know, in his NFL. Like he, a couple of times he's had to lead games and all that, but there haven't been anything really, really serious, you know, with him thus far. No, um, the, 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 the team has done a great job in terms of uh, keeping him upright and breathing. You know, he's limped off the field, maybe, you know, a shot to the ankle, shot to the knee, something like that, you know, a stinger. But outside of that, um, he, he has been, you know, because a lot of people wondered, why would the Eagles draft a guy with that kind of injury history in the second round? Well, you see, when he's right, man, is he good, you know. And so far in his NFL career, he's been right. So hopefully, hopefully they can keep that because – you mean you talk about a, a career interrupted by major injuries that a lot of players don't come up, come back from? He's that guy, but he has worked himself back into shape, and they have done a great job protecting him from himself. And hopefully, um, he's there for the longevity. I don't see them starting to have to patchwork an offensive line like a lot of teams are doing already uh, in the first three games of a season. Yeah, I mean, so far, you know, the obvious one is Avante Maddox, who you lost for the year, which stinks, but. You know, the injuries, N'Kobe Dean, yeah, it, but it happened so early. You are going to get him back relatively soon. Yeah. The other guys, um, you know, you've been pretty lucky so far. You look around the league at some of the, the mess that's happening with other teams. I mean, it, 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 they're in better shape than most. I'll say that. And you're talking about teams that didn't have great offensive lines to begin with. And when their front line guys go down, then you're really at a deficit. And it, and it has shown in their overall run blocking and pass blocking protections. At least this team, as they have been in recent years, remains deep enough where if a frontline guy goes down, 
you have capable backups. The only position I would worry about is who fills in at right tackle. It's the only position I'd worry about. Yeah, I, I, I concur with you. I agree. I mean, they're, they're definitely not as deep as they were last year. Um, right. And, right. and that's – but but the thing is, it's so hard to have any real depth now in this league with the salary cap. It really is. I mean, what Howie did last year was crazy uh, with this. But, yeah, they're definitely – there. I mean, who I'm trying to remember who, who, who came in for Dickerson. Was it Opeta? Uh, I believe it was. I'm almost 100% sure it was Opeta. Yeah, I mean, there's there are definitely some concerns there at, uh-huh. at that spot. Um, and there's there's definitely you're in this you're in a secondary that's really really thin. All right, so let me ask you this week. Um, we saw them move Bradbury to the slot last week. You think we'll see that again? I mean, you're dealing with McLaren, you're dealing with Dotson, and you're dealing with Curtis Samuel. I I think he keeps those two on the outside this week. I think uh, they in their natural positions. I've, I've seen enough of um, seen enough of Bradbury in the slot. I don't want to see it again. Um, yeah. You know, and, I, and that's not a knock against him. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that he's versatile enough to even do it is one thing, but I don't think that's his forte. You've got longer receivers coming up now. I don't want to see young players on on Dotson or Terry McLaurin for this game. Um, I said the same thing about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and luckily the front got enough pressure on Baker Mayfield made him very uncomfortable. Uh, early on, he had a little success, but, you know, made him uncomfortable enough to where they weren't much of a, a huge factor in, in, in the overall game. Um, I just don't want to see a shorter corner on these longer receivers. And that's James James Bradbury's forte, get on the outside battling these receivers, um, you know, pass for pass. That's where I want to see him uh, flourish. Now, I'm, I, I'm assuming Goodrich is, is going to be back in the mix, but if not – if Sidney Brown's healthy, put Sidney Brown in the slot. You know, if you want to get him reps, get him acclimated, put him in the slot. He's he showed some things last week. Guys. If he's healthy, he showed you. Yeah. yeah. He's fast enough to run with these guys. Um, I, I, I'd rather have him or Goodrich in the slot more so than, than Bradbury. Think think about what um, what these safeties could be potentially going forward, you know, with Blankenship and Sidney Brown. Yeah. You might have a couple of studs there. I'm telling you. Yep. Yep. They, you look at it, you think about the youth on this team. You have those two guys. Uh, we'll see about the corners. I, I don't know. They're all kind of unproven right now. But, you, you know, you're older at corner. But, um, you know, with the way that Davis and Carter have played and, uh, you know, you're a little older on the edge. But still, you have a lot of nice defensive pieces so far. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the other side, you're, you're grooming Steen. You're kind of teaching him right now. Jurgens is already in there. We know he mm-hmm. can move over to, to the center spot. Dickerson's young. Uh, Goddard's not old. Jalen Hurts is not old. Mm-hmm. Um, A.J. Brown's not old. Devontae's not old. Milata. Milata's not old. You know, you're, you got some experience and age in certain spots, but for, you're, you also have a lot of good young players that have already proven themselves. Mm-hmm. Nice job drafting. Yes, yeah, just it's, it's just about getting them reps, and as long as there's other people standing in front of them, they're not getting those reps. But um, as we see it right now, with these little nicks and aches and pains, a lot of these young kids are going to have to grow up in a hurry. And the best way to grow up is to get in there and do it by trial and error. Um, I, I believe all of them have the athleticism from what we've seen in a preseason sample. And again, you can't put too much into that because they're playing second, third tier guys as well. You know, you put them in there in the front line guys, the craftiest guys in the league, it's a little bit different, but um, they got to play sooner or later. You got to play them. Whether together or individually at certain points, you got to play them. 
to get them up to speed because just in case somebody falls by the wayside, we already saw it. We already saw, it, you know, um, Bradbury, you know, get hurt. You know, so we've seen it. You're going to have to have people step up. Um, and you got to get them in. You got to get these guys in there. Be smart about it. Down and distance, situational. If you have a big lead, get your front line guys out and get these young guys in there and get them some reps. When you think a game is out of reach and you're comfortable that you secure their win, don't, don't make the front line guys finish. Mm-hmm. Get these young kids in there. Get them some game reps for the possibility of what could come down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me give you, let me just run through the drafts the last two years and, and kind of what, what we're referring to here. So uh, Jalen Carter, ninth overall first round, Nolan Smith. We haven't seen much of Nolan, but he did have the one play uh, in Monday night's game. I think we all think that he stays healthy. He's going to be nasty. Tyler Steen, Sidney Brown, Keely Ringo, Tanner McKee, and uh, Moro Jomo. Uh, that that's a so far the early returns are good there. They're really good there for them. Yeah. Um, are, are we giving are we giving Michael Clay credit? Are we giving Michael Clay props for the improvement of the special teams? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should. Um, look, we they have. have um, do we have to at this point. By the way, have you seen? <laughs> I, I'm glad you bring that up. All right, let me uh, let me just pull it up here. Uh, do, 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 do. I, I I meant. I'm so glad you mentioned this. Um. So the numbers for. Uh, Britton Covey. Mm-hmm. Going back to about the midway point of last year, he's like right there with any punt returner in football. Really? Yeah. In te- in terms of uh, yards per return, a- yes. average yards per return. Yeah. I'm not, I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked. Yeah, I it's it's you know we kind of have some fun um, with them sometimes, right? But all right, I'm I'm going to pull it up for you. Uh, you know John Ganude, who does a great job. Is yes. that, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, Ganude. Yeah, for the Eagles PR staff. For the yeah. Eagles, he's excellent. He is the Eagles senior manager of football communications. He's he's excellent. Okay, and he's he's there. The Eagles staff does an awesome job. Period. Like yes. it doesn't matter who it is. Okay, here it is. Britton Covey. He 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 tweeted this out yesterday. And you could follow him at John underscore Gnu, G-O-N-O-U-D-E. Okay. Britton Covey since week 13 of 2022. He's first in punt return yards. He is first in punt return average. What? 13 punt returns of 10 plus yards is first. Nine punt return yards of 15 yards or plus. That's first. Five punt returns of 20 plus yards. That's first. Four punt returns of 25 yards. That's first. Like, that's insane. We, we need to start giving Covey some props, let alone Michael Clay. You know what, Covey? I apologize, man, <laughs> for making fun of you. Um, I'm doing a lot of apologizing on yeah, this show. This is today. the apology tour today. Yes. With uh, Covey, I just want you to know, man, it was never personal. It was just all fun. But you have uh, shut me up for now. After Rob sta- reading those stats right there, I, and Tonga New giving the stats, um, oh. Covey? Uh, I can't even call you Crash Covey anymore now. Can't. I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, oh, my God. I meant to send it to you, but then I got tied up in something. And I'm like, these numbers are sick. They're actually, like, really, really good. Yeah, he's first in every major category. 
Let's see. Ray Lester says every time Covey is back there, I hold my breath and hope he doesn't fumble. Covey's, you know, he's not he's not an exciting returner, but he's pretty short-handed. Yeah, like he had the one, yeah, the one this year he fumbled, but then he recovered it. But he's usually pretty short-handed. Yeah, punt, I don't worry about that that much. Even the most accomplished punt returners cough it up every now and then. Yeah, it, it, it happens. But he's been pretty short-handed for the most talk, you know. Yep. Yep. So Covey, Covey, I apologize, man. Rob, I let Rob influence me over the last year. Um, and it brought out the worst of me, um, character-wise. And, and I, I just want you to know, man, uh, I'm rooting for you, man. Wait, I'm, so I'm, so I got thrown under the bus with your apology? How did that happen? How did I get in trouble here? Because it's like Nino Brown. If I'm going down, I'm taking everybody <laughs> with me. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I saw those and I was like, whoa. Okay. All right. All right. Um, all right. Nice. Let's get a timeout. Um, we'll do our NFL segment coming up next. A bunch of stuff to get to here uh, around the league. I'll give you some updates on guys' injuries, whether they're practicing today or not. Uh, some some numbers uh, that, that are going to blow you. Some more numbers that are going to blow you away on certain games uh, watched and some percentages here. But uh, some updates on guys who may or may not play tomorrow night. More on uh, on the mess in New York with the Jets. All of it. We'll cover oh, all of it uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube channel. All right. Uh, Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any types of issues, they're just a quick phone call away. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. 
We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Thanks for hanging. Hour number three of the program. Again, reminder, tomorrow we're going to uh, be Mitch, Brian Mitchell, right around this time, about 2.10 uh, tomorrow. Brian will be joining us. We'll get his thoughts on the Commanders, his thoughts on the Eagles, the way things are going around the NFC East. Uh, Brian played for three of the four teams in the NFC East, so he knows of what he speaks, and he is not a guy that holds his tongue. So you uh-huh. always get the the unvarnished uh, uh, Brian Mitchell. So uh-huh. looking forward to it. He was a he was a truth teller. Brian Mitchell was. Um, all right, Derek. So a couple if, things. If Brian Mitchell speaks. You just sit there going, oh, oh, <laughs> get your popcorn oh. ready. That's that's what you do. Yeah, when, when B Mitch speaks, it's always uh, always entertaining. All right, so let's hit a couple things here. Um, I want to hit a couple layers here on the Jets. So right. um, Aaron Rodgers mentioned how they all need to grow up a little bit here when it comes to the team in general. And Robert Sala said, basically, he's not wrong. I, I agree. There's a lot of growing up that needs to happen uh, with this team, which is you know, never a great thing when you're, you're talking about that kind of thing. So um, that's one thing. They signed Trevor Simeon yesterday. Simeon will not be active for the game this week, Derek. It will be uh, Zach Wilson starting and Tim Boyle as the backup. Not great options uh, on really with any of the three. Uh, the advantage with Simeon is he knows the system because he's been there before, but he just got there because he was released in camp by the Bengals. So there have been some, you know, it's 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 Jacob uh, Nathaniel Hackett taking that thing over. So yep. there are some new twists and turns to it. Anyway, so it's just going to be those two. But it was interesting. This was revealed by the the rapper Jay Cole that yes. uh, Colin Kaepernick actually sent a uh, letter, email, whatever we want to call it these days, to Joe Douglas who was in charge with the Jets. And, and the gist of it is, I, I won't read it chapter and verse here, but he's asking for a chance. Now, what he was, what he's saying is, throw me on the practice squad. You know, just let me, let me get my feet wet. Let me get yep. back here. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm ready to take over for Zach Wilson, you know, tomorrow or, or any, anything like that anyway. So that was the gist of it. He's now been out of football for a really, really long time. Um, I, I feel like, it doesn't matter what he does. It's, it's not going to happen. It's just my sense. I mean, you look around at some of the backups in the league, like the guys I just named, Tim Boyle and, you know, Trevor Simeon, who are the ultimate sort of retread guys. Um, it just doesn't feel like it's happening. But, you know, he's, 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 made the, he's made the effort to try and get the attention at least of somebody there. Um, I will forever ask the question. Why was Kaepernick blackballed out of the league? Even for what his stance created a lot of controversy. This is a guy who who had athleticism. Um, 
he, I think at this stage of his life now is no worse than 50% of the backups still in the National Football League. Why was he blacklisted out of the league? Because even when the F George Floyd incident came out, uh, uh, happened, your commissioner, Roger Goodell, stands at the podium and says, maybe we should have listened to Kaepernick. So is that admission that you were wrong for doing what you did to him? If that's the case, why did this man not get a chance? Now, he's been out of the league, like, what, six, five, six, seven years. I still say if you gave him a couple of weeks to get in shape, even at his age, his age now, you mean to tell me he's not better than Tim Boyle? Really? Yeah, I, I don't know, Derek. I mean, I just feel like, and I'm, I'm not saying this as it's right, but I just feel like the ship sailed. You know, you know, it's been so long now. Uh, I just, I don't know if he's in the consciousness, and I know he's trying to reach out and and put himself back in the consciousness, but I, I don't even know. I, I don't know what to make of it anymore at this point. You know what I mean? It's been a, it's been forever, and it's clear that they would rather take chances with some of these other guys who look like they can't play than Kaepernick. You know, who, 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 these guys haven't accomplished a thing in the league, but they don't care. They'd rather go with those guys than him. Come on, man. Is, is Kaepernick any worse than, than a, a Taylor Heineke, um, a Jacoby Brissett? I mean, come on, seriously. I, I hear, no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just telling you, like, I, I, what my sense is of where this is with, with, with these teams. Like the, the excuse now is he hasn't played in forever. I don't know what the excuse was three years ago. You know, I mean, he hasn't played since 2016, but, uh, but, uh, but that is, that's just my sense here. And how, how old is he now? He hasn't played since 2016. So how old is he now? Uh, hold on. He is, uh, he is 36. 36. Okay. He'll be 36 in November. Okay. So, yeah. So so listen to some of these names, man. Jake Browning, Kyle Trask, Clayton Toon, Brian Hoyer been stealing money forever. Tyson Badgett, Kyle Allen stealing money. Blaine Gabbert stealing money. Malik Willis, I don't know what he is. I don't even know if he's a quarterback. Sean Clifford, I don't even know who he is. He's still a rookie. Easton State, Spitz, yeah. Zach Wilson, Bailey Zappi. Seriously. It just goes on and on and on and on in terms of backups in the National Football League. Davis Mills, Davis Mills couldn't couldn't hold off a rookie to keep his job. Yeah. Why is Kaepernick? Why has not he's not had a chance in all these years just to get a shot to try a fourteen? I don't. I I will never understand it. And nobody will step to the forefront. You know what? I I blame the NFLPA for this also. You know, the NFLPA didn't back this guy enough. They basically just looked the other way like the league did. You know, and it's, it's, really, it's really a shame. I think they're the weakest, uh, by far, I think they're the weakest union. I, I think they do the least for their, for, their, for their players. I think that if you look at baseball, basketball, hockey compared to them, it's a joke. It's not even close. I agree. I agree. The money that that league makes – and they have to fight tooth and nail to get what little scraps they can get um, is, is ridiculous. Is, is, and is they ridiculous. don't take care of these guys well enough at post-career either no. with, with their bodies no. and the way that they get destroyed. No. So The commissioner yeah. of the league gets lifetime health benefits, but the players don't. Yeah. The yeah. players who, 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 whose bodies are broken down, who in many cases are developed, uh, 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 you know, uh, dis disabled in a lot of ways 
who succumb to potential CTE with short with with shortens of lifespan. Yep. And you can't give them that. And you got money hands over fist and a new TV contract is about to kick in and you can't do better. Yeah. Yeah. It's been the age old issue with them. It it's really sad. has. It's, it's really sad. It goes way back. It does for sure. Um, all right. So a couple other things on, on more of a, a lighter note. Um, the, the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing has an interesting uptick here for CBS. So uh, female audience is way up uh, watching was way up watching that game. Oh my goodness. 12 to 17 year old uh, girls, particularly uh, up 8% there. The female viewing audience generally doesn't matter. Age was way up for that game. It's amazing, man. Like one, somebody's sitting in a, in a, in a suite somewhere and it becomes this just mayhem. And she's not even performing. No. Yet, yet it, it's the that Kansas City game was the highest watched CBS game that they've had this season, and it was a terrible game. It was a brutal game. It was yeah. it was like a pro team against a double A, a team. Yeah. And you mean to tell me seven, twelve, or seventeen years just to get a view of her dancing and hugging mom in the press box, hugging mom Kelsey in the press box? Really crazy, crazy, crazy. and. So they the, the New Heights podcast, I think they release them every Wednesday. So yesterday's episode, or every, uh, maybe it's Tuesday. So the, the episode came out either this morning or last night with Jason and Travis. And Jason kind of pressed them a little bit. And, and I, look, I give Travis credit for trying to put the, the toothpaste back in the in the tube, but, but dude, too late. But so what he was, he said, it was great having her there. We had a great night. It was fun. Uh I'm not going to get into any more details because she's very private. I want to respect that. He's like, but when it's me saying that I get it because I'm very public with everything. He said, but I had paparazzi like on my lawn, you know, which I don't usually have. So he's, he's trying good luck. He's trying to dial it back, but you ain't, you ain't dialing it back with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. That ain't, that ain't going to happen. No, you know why? Because you know, what's going to, you know why all the paparazzi is there? Because they're waiting to catch that definitive moment when she sneaks in to go visit him at his home. That's what they do. Yeah. They have people, they just camp out at hotels, in people's houses at a distance, on a mountaintop, on tre- in trees, waiting to see somebody make an appearance that you wouldn't expect to be. To make. Hey, Travis, this is not going to end until it's official that you two are going your separate ways. Yep. That's when this is going to end. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Because- it's, you can't be you can't be Travis Kelsey. Like, and you can't have her sitting next to your mom in a suite. She's the biggest pop star in the world. Yeah. And it not be a big thing. I'm not, I'm not even ripping Travis. Like he said himself, he's like, dude, I, there's nothing I could do at this point, but I'm trying to like respect her and, and dial it back a little bit. It, it is what it is. Um, good news for you, D gun. It looks like you're yeah. going to get Aaron Jones and Christian Watson on Thursday night for, oh, for your oh, pack. Yeah, baby. Yes, sir. And let, and- at historical Lambeau Field. Yes, yes. That I'm, I'm looking. This could be a fun one Thursday. This is going to be a really good game. Christian Washington's coming back. to young receivers grew up. The other young receivers they have. Rome. I love this kid Romeo Dubs that they He's have. Tough. And it's uh, Jaden Reed. Um, you know, once he gets over uh, the, the dropsies, man, what what an acrobatic, athletic kid is this kid? Is second round pick for Green Bay. If they get Watson back, who's a burner, plus he's a big target at six five. And they got a young tight end, a young tight end. People are already talking about a Pro Bowl level tight end as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, Detroit, bring it on. Now, my biggest problem is 
can they match Detroit point for point? I don't know if they're there yet, but I just want to see an entertaining game. You know, and the fact that Rob's second favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, who's he's put on a pedestal that more so than I have, that they're going to be a playoff team. Rob, I'm counting on you to root the Packers on to victory tomorrow night. I speak the truth, D-Gun. So far, so good for my so pack. So far, you ha- your projections have been good. I'm not there yet, my friend. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll get more into that game tomorrow. But uh, the Falcons have restructured Jake Matthews' deal. They're looking to create some cap space uh, to do some of the things that they want to do, I guess, going forward, either trying to sign somebody long-term or signing somebody in the short-term in the interim. Uh, but they've he's been he's been a really that guy has been an excellent player for them, Jake Matthews. Oh, oh he has no been question. super solid. He's uh, he's lived up to that first round billing, no question about that. All right, couple other updates. Uh, guys, back. Uh, Bryce Young is is practicing. Uh, he Andy Dalton took over him in the game in Seattle last yep. week. They lost, uh, but Bryce Young is is back. Uh, beyond that, Jalen Waddle is back practicing. So Woo! Miami. Another one. Yeah, just what they need, another weapon. Uh, that's probably the best game of the week, right? I mean, the, the Dolphins-Bills. Oh, let me see. I, I'd be hard-pressed to find one better than that. Let's see. Uh, let's go Let's go to the big board, Rob. Matchups week four in the NFL. We have – let's see. Um, Bills-Dolphins. I'll give you one. I'll give you another one. Ravens-Browns. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Ravens Browns. How yeah. about uh here's another one that's gonna be interesting. Can can Tampa Bay bounce back against the Saints? Yeah, Buck Saints is intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you on that you one. Know what, yeah. You know what's interesting? There's four, there's four 0 and three teams left in the NFL. They all play each other this week. Oh right. uh, who is it? Um 0 and three Vikings at 0 and three Carolina. Right. And the other two, where are they playing that one? It is uh, the 0-3 Broncos at 0-3 Chicago. I think the Broncos get their first win this I season. like the Broncos in that game. I'll tell you right now. I, right, what I, about I, the I'm other looking game? at a spread. I like the Broncos in that game. What about the other game? 0-3 Vikings at 0-3 Carolina with Bryce Young coming back. I'm going to go Vikings. Yeah, as much as it, it it pains me to do so, because you know for obvious reasons, yeah, I would have to say your brother. Yep. Yes, so I would have to say yeah. Uh, I think the Vikings finally get it right, but I think that'll be an interesting game. But I think the Vikings finally get it right because say what you want to say about them, they're they're good at comebacks. Even if they get down, they're good at comebacks with Kirk Cousins under center, and I think they may have just a little too much for this Carolina team. Oh, Gunner, we got a big one here. What? Oh. NBA, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Okay. Damian Lillard's going to the Bucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, here it is. So, three-team deal. Drew Holiday. No, not Drew. No, yeah. not Drew. Oh, yes. Uh, Defensive player of the year, Drew. Drew's, Drew's going bye-bye. Uh, Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Tumani Kamara, a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first rounder and and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 go to the Blazers. Phoenix gets Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little. Grayson Allen's gone too. Keon Johnson. Wow. Oh boy. 
Hey man, I, I get. I didn't see Milwaukee, man. I did not see Milwaukee. I, I didn't see that, but I, I, I don't. Give, I didn't want to give up Drew. Not Drew. Drew is straight money, but he got Damian Lillard to go with Giannis. Wow. What? Are so you Dame, Dame and Giannis together. You know, I'm gonna tell you why the Bucks made this move, and I found it interesting. This is earlier this summer. Somebody was doing an interview with Giannis, right? Jeez. And Giannis yeah, I'm said, I'm listening. Yep. Gian, Giannis said he was committed to staying in Milwaukee, but he wants to make sure. He says, I want to win more titles. He said, I want to make sure that Milwaukee is committed to putting the best team on the court possible. You know, um, you, you look at some of the better teams like the Boston and stuff, they make commitments to players and maintain that playoff status year in and year out. And he goes, I just want to make sure before I make another long-term commitment to Milwaukee right. before I do. Now, that's putting the Bucks organization on notice. The Bucks have responded by saying, boom, here you yeah. go. You no, got you're it. right. You're right. And, and I would say Giannis did it. Giannis did it in a in a respectful way where he wasn't shredding people. And you know how sometimes it gets ugly. He did it, he did it in a way to say, hey, look, I'm not I'm yeah. not sitting when I say this. And to their credit, you know, they followed suit, man. They 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 heard what their superstar was saying and they did it. I, I didn't see this coming, man. This, no. this is like this is like big money. Ooh. Damn. Oh my goodness. I just hate to see Drew Holiday leave, man. I really do. Drew Holiday was straight money on defense. Lillard is not that defensive specialist, but he give you 30 points when you need it. Well, and he's also, in my opinion, a very clutch guy in, in a big spot um, who can who can do some things. But here's the thing, here's the way I look at it, Derek. Hey, that that I'm, I'm shocked, number one, but you get to get put that aside for a second. You're a Sixers fan, you're screwed. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're screwed. You you have no shot. No, no. You're gonna have to contend with that team with with Dame and Giannis and Middleton and the rest of that crew. Nah, nope, nope, no chance. And not to mention Boston's better than you. The Heat are better than you. You know, we could we could keep going here. Other teams are catching up to you, like Cleveland and New York. Yes, yes, that's a problem. It's a matter of fact. You haven't even started training camp yet, and your team is already in disarray. Right, that's the other part. You're dysfunctional, even beyond what others are doing around you. If, if I'm Nick Nurse, what is my first message to the team when we gather? I understand James Harden is not here. I understand James may not be here, but we've got to rally around the cause. I do believe we have enough nucleus here to do some damage. If I'm a player first, excuse me, coach. Excuse me. Uh, you see the Bucks just got Damian Lillard. Uh, 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 coach? Coach. Did you see Boston just resign some of their players, Coach? Did Shut you- up. Shut up. I'm on a roll. <laughs> coach, look. Look, Coach, I'm, I'm trying to try, – Coach, I'm trying to buy into what you're saying, but these two teams getting stronger. We're getting weaker, Coach. I mean, the, you know. The only, the only thing I think he can say is, like, first of all, he's got to address the Harden elephant in the room, right? Because Harden's probably not going to be there. I would I would guess that he says something to the effect of like, "Hey man, let's not worry about the outside noise. Let's focus on who's here, right?" He's got to give you one of those. I'm worried about who's here, not who's not who's not here. Exactly. It, uh, it ain't great. Let me put it to you that way. Any way you slice this thing, it ain't great. The, the, thing, the thing is, to, if, if people are being honest, now we don't even know the backdoor conversations. Tina's um, Tina, trust the end of the process. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfectly put. Trust the end of the process. Um, 
we don't even know backdoor conversations that may have been going on between no. um with b- between um Maury. Maury and the player. We right. don't know. Have they been able to kind of put a band-aid on what has it gotten worse? We don't know. We don't know what's going well, but yeah, right. I mean the other the, the re- I said I saw something yesterday. I guess I forget what the date is of media day that they have. They're, do you know they're training in Colorado this year? Why? I guess altitude. I kind of get it a little bit, uh, conditioning wise, but um, said he wouldn't report for media day. I mean, this thing, here's the other thing, Derek, he, he's got another trick up his sleeve. Do you think he's done? Harden's going to do something else soon within the next week or so. I guarantee when, it. When you say do something, what do you mean? Uh, like when he ripped Maury in China, like he's going to, he's going to put something else out through one of his media mouthpieces, ripping the Sixers or something, you, you okay. know, it's coming. So, so, didn't he get fined for his comments on Maury? Did he get yes. fined for that? Yes. Yep. Okay. So you're right. I think it's going to be a third or fourth party that releases the next bit of information on him. I think it'll be very. Yeah, and that way he doesn't, he can't get tied to it. Yeah. It'll be very calculated, very, very low key. But I said it in July. I said it in August. I'll say it again. James Harden was on camera in China. Number one, calling Maury a liar twice in a span of. 30 seconds. Like 30 seconds. Number two, he put it out there. He is adamant. He is no no way, shape, or form walking through the doors of the 76ers organization or practice facility. He, he threw the gauntlet. He said, I will never play for as long as Daryl Morey. What he said. Yep. You heard it, right? Yep. I want to make sure I wasn't delusional. I was I was not lacking hydration when I heard this. Yep. You know, so he said it. So if he's taking that stance, and obviously if he if he does this. Yeah, he didn't care about getting fined. He got money. He didn't care about getting fined. Yeah. Um, how does the organization respond? Because now you have no choice but to regroup and try to get something for him, and you're not getting nearly what you could have got for him in a more peaceful atmosphere. You're getting you're getting nothing. You're getting pennies on the dollar now for him. You are, but Derek, you, I, and I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think you get to a point where it's like, is it is it worth it having this circus here? Or just just get rid of it, and at least it's it's over with, and you're and you're and you're going to battle with who you have. That that's the thing I've I've been saying all summer is like I get it. You want to get value in return for them, but at some point it just gets uglier and uglier here. I mean, I think about the, you know, the when Ben pulled his crap when he you know and Doc had to kick him out of practice and all that stuff. Like we're yeah. it, you know it's going to look like hard. You think Harden's going to give you any kind of effort in in, in training yeah. camp if he's here? And see, the sad part about it is now you have Nick Nurse on edge. How do I, if you walk through that door, how do I, how do I, how do I approach Harden? How do I deal with him? And when, when I yell at players because we didn't run the play right, we got to run it over. Or Harden, you missed the spot. Or Harden, you know, you missed the open man. How much of that is Harden going to put up with before he snaps back and players have to get in between the two? That's a bad situation. Mm-hmm. It's a bad it situation. It's a very bad situation. There's no doubt. Um, and and the Sixers opened the season, by the way, in Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Woohoo. Yes. I, I, I'm gonna look at it right now. You tell me you t- let's do the pecking order right now in the East. Okay. All right. All right so here, here, here's where I'll go with this. Milwaukee one, Boston two. Mm. Uh man. Miami three, I don't necessarily love it, but they're so good at the end of the season. 
Miami three. Are the Sixers four, or would you put Cleveland or the Knicks ahead of them at this point? Right now, just looking at rosters, I put I put uh, Cleveland ahead of them. Slight, Sixers are five. Ahead slightly ahead of them. All right, you're, you're five. You're on the brink of the season. Harden's still here, claiming he won't play for you. Okay. The, Buc- the Bucks, are got, Bucks just got Damian Lillard to go with Giannis. Okay, let's see. I hate to say this. I'm still putting Boston at one. I'm, I'm going Milwaukee, then Boston. I don't like what Boston did in the offseason, trading Marcus Smart and bringing in uh, Porzingis. I don't love that. Uh-huh. And, Jalen, here's why I say you say, hell no, Miami. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about a team that plays great in the clutch, much better than the Sixers do. That's why I have them at three. Okay. Anyway, just, just answer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, even though they let Marcus Smart go, uh, Boston is a very good defensive team. They're good at both ends of the court. Drew Holiday set the defense for the Bucs. Drew Holiday, when you talk defense with the Bucs, first and foremost, it was Drew Holiday. So you gave up defense to get scoring. Now, let's face it. This is a scoring league. You need guys to put, put the biscuit in the basket, as they say, right? Yeah. All right. So you gave you – gave, I, I still think Boston overall is a better unit. They complement okay. – Okay. I, I, I got to see how Lillard fits in. I mean, I got I'm, you. That's fair. Look, that's fair. I, I, I would say this. Oh, it, it, you could you could toss those two up, and it could be either one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm drooling right now that Lillard's wearing a Bucks uniform. You, you see me salivating right now. But. Let me give you the. I'll give you the trade one more time for people. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're just hopping on. All right. All right, Milwaukee gets Damian Lillard. Yeah. The Blazers get because it's a three way trade. It's Milwaukee, yep. uh, Portland, and Phoenix. Okay. Portland gets Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton. Tumani Kamara, 2029 first round Bucks pick and a Bucks pick swap. Uh, the Suns get Yusef Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, Grayson Allen. And that was, uh, Woj had that first. So uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that first. Okay. All right. Man. Now, Jimmy G says Miami lost a couple of key players and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Buckus is getting old. Hey, I'll tell you something. I'll, Jimmy Buck is still young enough to play on my team right now. Well, and and the He's other Jimmy thing Buck. is they have the best front office, in my opinion, in in, in basketball with Riley. He always reloads. So just I keep agree. that in mind. Uh, I would look. I love Drew Holiday. I don't know exactly what Portland's doing. Holiday may be wheeled in something. If I'm the Sixers, I'm trying to figure out a way to get him. I love Drew Holiday, and he would be perfect, Derek. He can run the point. Yes. He puts Maxi at the two. Yes. Uh, yes. Drew can defend. He can yes. shoot it from the outside. Yes, he can drive. He's a great penetrator on the, off the dribble. Yeah. Yes, he is a complete player. Even at this, he's like what, 30, uh, 34? 34-ish. Still got a lot of youth left in him, you know. Yeah. And he was significant in the Bucks winning that title a few years yeah. ago. I, I, he's been an excellent – when he's healthy, the problem is he doesn't – he's had some issues like shin splint issues yeah. and stuff like that. When he's healthy, he's really good, Drew Holiday. That's, that's why I was surprised the Sixers gave up on him as early in his career that, that, that they gave up that on him. That was part of the whole hinky the process. cleaning house process thing. Yeah, I agree with Dank. I'm not a big Aiton fan either. Uh that's you know, I don't I I'm not quite sure about that part of it for, for Portland, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, it, anyway, the big that's mean, that's some big news, man. That you is mean big the, news. The, the poop the poopy process. <laughs> The poop, the poopy process. Uh, it's it's a p word. It's something. It's something. Uh, anyway, and then here's the problem though. Like, I would love to get Drew Holiday. What do they, they have? Nothing to give up. They don't have yeah. draft picks. No, nobody wants Harden. No. You're, no. They're in. They're in. It's. I hate to say it. They're in big, big trouble, man. They're in big trouble. 
I'm yeah. telling you, man. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, you're handcuffed, man. If I if if I'm if I'm a team building now, I'm trying to be a team chemistry for the season. Do I want James Harden walking through the door? No, no, no. I don't know how to say it. No. Only thing I can see the Sixers possibly doing is trying to trade James Harden to a bottom dwelling team that's trying to get people in the seats because he's James Harden and get back some young talent. Like if, the, I'm smart, if I'm smart, I'm not trading young talent for James Harden. It's why the Clippers made sense because they feel like they're close to a championship. They have Kawhi, they have George. They're not a young team. That's why they made sense. But since they're out, I I don't. If I'm a young, no way. I don't want any parts of him. That's why I never bought the Houston thing. I thought it was all BS. Uh, all right, a couple other uh, NFL uh, news and notes. K- Kareem Hunt is a banged up, Derek. He's got ribs and a, and a groin injury. He may not play this week. He's not practicing already. Wait a minute. Wait he a minute. played a little last week. Yeah, the I man barely got warmed up. He was already banged up? Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so I'm a big Kareem Hunt fan, too. Yeah, he's hurt. He's hurting. Uh, so we'll see. Again, he's just out of practice today. It doesn't mean he's not going to play in the game. Um, uh, uh for the uh, Jaguars, sorry, Devin Lloyd linebacker thumb. He's going to be out the next two games. Okay. So he's going to be, they're playing in London uh, are, are the uh, Jaguars. Um, what's the other thing I want to hit you with? Oh, last three weeks, Derek, CBS uh, NFL coverage viewership is up 18.9 million. Yes. It's the best, or they had 18.9 viewers. That, that's their average. That's the best September in 13 years for them. So people are still watching the NFL in droves, man. Um, you can't get enough NFL, Rob. And, and, and I honestly believe this year, and I've talked about this before the season started, when we started stacking up the pluses and minuses of teams, the quarterbacks, the depth, the receiver, there are so many even teams across the board that there are more, I think more people feel their teams have hope this year than ever before. You know, and, and let's face it, um, football is so visible across our airwaves on YouTube. And I'm just talking about commercial spots and stuff like that, promoting for the gambling spot, DraftKings, all this stuff. It has driven it has driven the viewership to football to another level. The ticket prices are going up, but the stadiums are still filled. People mm-hmm. are still spending record m- amounts of money betting on games. And I mean stuff. I don't even talking about just you know point spreads. I'm talking about prop bets. Prop, mm-hmm. bet, prop bets are going through the roof. P- football is an addiction, both at the college and the pro level. Sure is. And what De- and what Dion has done at the college level, I've never seen it before. I don't know if we'll ever see it again. I really don't. I agree with you. It, it is amazing. We're going to talk about Dion in a little bit because he he is he's drawing in a bigger uh, pool of people uh, yes. to. We can talk about it now. Why not? Uh, so his success, Derek, uh, and I don't know how this is exactly being tracked. So you know, again, it was a story on right. ESPN.com that I saw, but. Right. He, he's drawing in a, a wider breadth of, of people to the Colorado uh, program, meaning he's bringing in a lot more African-Americans in terms of interest in the team. I don't mean players he's recruiting or anything like that. I'm talking fan interest, student body interest, uh, yes. perhaps, you know, enrollment changing a little bit at a predominantly white school, et cetera. So yes. that's, you know, one of the offshoots of what Dion's doing. Um, I, I said it. Uh, and I'll say to you, Dion has been a money magnet for Boulder. When you, I mean, really think about it, Rob. When would you ever thought? When would you have ever thought that the University of Colorado would be the epicenter of college football? First of all, 
And I will tell you, you know, when you look at the most visible teams on TV, the Texases, LSUs, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, those are not just um, no, those are not just good football institutions, but those are also football institutions that are predominantly African American, you know, teams. Okay, um, and that's where kids dream of going. Yeah. Now, kids say, "Hey, man, I get a chance. I might see Dion walking on cameras, campus with the Rock or somebody." You know, and I'm I'm the I'm the big game every week too. Don't forget I'm the that. Big game every week. You are you are the nationally yeah. televised game every week now. You know, did you see? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because this is this is what Dion, the Dion style of college football has done to Colorado. This I think this was like in our first or second block. Joey B, one of the guys who follows us religiously on Joey, our show. Joey's a great viewer of the show. Yeah, we appreciate great viewer. Yep. He put up in a chat that we didn't even think about. We didn't, we didn't look at it, but I wrote it down. He said he got $10,000 for four tickets for this week's USC Colorado game. And he, yeah, he lives in, in, in that area. Yeah. He yep. lives in that area. Yep. $10,000 wow. for four tickets. Oh my God. Game sold out. Yeah. What was the last that's, time? That's crazy, man. Sold out. Oof. Yeah. When was the last time a Colorado game was sold out? They've been on national TV every week. They, when was the last time they were on national TV before this? Every season? single week they are they are the one of the feature games every single week. They've had college game day there. They've had Fox's version of college game day, whatever yes, there. Already. Too. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So even if Dion, let's say Dion left, let's say Dion left in five years. What he has done for that institution in terms of recognition, notoriety, and money making, they may never see that again. Already, yeah, it's already it's already paid off tenfold. Already, said he's already generated like forty five million for the university. Yes, and 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 the money that they've made on their social media accounts. Oh my god, merchandising, their ticket sales. It's some of it isn't even calculable yet. Like how how, because it's going to keep paying dividends as you go forward too. The home season's already sold out. That hasn't happened in twenty something years. Right. Not just a home game. The home, the entire home season is sold out. And dudes that had season tickets at a bargain, it's like a stock investment. You buy a stock low, you sit on it. Uh, you know what? I'm not. Can you imagine a person who who's been a loyal Colorado fan for 20 years and, and basically before this season said, "I'm sick of this team. I'm getting rid of my tickets oh. and get rid of his tickets before this season was over." Oh man. Sorry. Yep. Not pretty. Not pretty. Thousand dollars. I know, man. For four tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for him, you know. Good for him. Smart. Twenty five hundred a ticket, right? Tell you what, and, and go to the flip side of that. Say before the Dion hiring, you got season tickets at a crazy low rate. Yes. And you're just like, now you're sitting back, like, oh, do you need tickets? Yes. Let's give me a call, man. I'm my own broker. I'm yep. my own broker every week because yep. you know why? Because you have a lot of there's a lot of money in Boulder. It's a very prosperous area. Um. I got people that wouldn't even think about going to games. I'm talking about corporate people that now want to be a part of the fad, the scene. Oh, yeah. It's I'm a scene now. It, it's like a Knicks Lakers game now. Yes. It's a who's yeah. who is, is on the sidelines in these games now. You don't even know who's coming out of the tunnel every week, man. Yeah. You got big name rappers. You got one of the biggest Hollywood movie stars in the rock coming out. You don't, you don't know who's coming out of the tunnel next. It's crazy. It's, 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 dude, it's, it's off the charts. Yep. Dion. If anything, this should build a statue. If Dion never wins the national championship at Colorado, wait a minute. I just said that Colorado one year could possibly win a national championship. Um, they should erect a statue of Dion and put it right there in the most center point of campus 
when he decides to leave that universe. Put it at, at midfield. You got to run around it. Yeah. Play. You should put his image. The logo should be, be on Dion's image when he would have the Jerry curls with the sunglasses and he was singing the song "Must Be the Money." Remember that song <laughs> with uh, MC Hammer. Must be the money. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. Let's uh let's get a timeout in here. Uh we'll come back and give you some other stuff as we close it out, including birthdays, movies, and all that good stuff. Eventful day. That's a that's a massive NBA Woo! grade. Let me, is... let me just let me enjoy this two minutes. Yeah, you're having you're having yourself a day today, man. Oh my god. Two minutes, two minutes, fifty-seven seconds. I get to soak in this trade. Jeez. And it's not Halloween, it's not April Fools. This is actually real Rob. So if you're just hopping on, yeah, in a three-way uh, deal, the Bucks end up getting Damian Lillard. That's the highlight. Of this That's crazy. Rich get richer. All right, we'll do we'll do that. We'll, we'll more reaction on that as well when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Enjoy your time, Derek. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. 
We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles We are back. Yes, Derek is basking in the glow of uh, his Milwaukee Bucks making a trade to get Damian Lillard to team him up with Giannis so as well as Chris Middleton. Are you going to be alright? I'm emotional right now, Rob. God. I'm just so happy. It's hump, hump day. <laughs> It's hump day. Oh my god! Meanwhile, I'm thinking about the Sixers, and I'm like, mm. awesome, awesome. Hey, hey, look, man, Sixers got James Harden. What do you want, man? Stop! Don't rub it in. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody likes the guy who rubs it in, Derek. Okay. Hey, look, hey bro, I've been here 26, 20. I, I'm a Sixers fan like you. Yeah, I hear. I'm it. from. I'm born bred. bred no, I respect that. You. you okay. I respect anybody who who still maintains and roots for the teams where they grew yes. up. Period. Yeah. Always, always. Uh, all right, let's hit a couple things here. I, I did want to pass almost, this. Yeah, one. Almost broke out. Almost broke out my Bucks championship. Uh, uh, all right, don't get crazy. Don't don't get crazy. I'm about to put it on. Dog it. I should put it on. Dang it. Nope. Don't get don't get crazy. Like I said, uh, I do want to give. I want to give uh, a little shout out here. Brooks Robinson passed away. He was a great great player. Um, he was, uh, I believe, 86 years old when he passed. So, 18-time All-Star, Derek. Yes, 16-time Gold Glove winner. He won two World Series. He was the 64 MVP, 70 World Series MVP. Was an Oriole for 23 years. Like, that's that's an insanely good career, man. That, I, that uh, is awesome. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. Um, one of the best of the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, no question about it. It's a shame. You know what, though? He, he, had, he a had a great run. That's a good run. Great life. Yes, he had a great life. No yeah, question about it. And any, anybody, I never did, but anybody I ever heard from who met him or interviewed him or talked to him said he was as, as the nicest guy you'll ever you'll ever encounter. So yeah, yeah. Uh, rest, in, rest in peace to, to Brooks Robinson. All right, you, you just sent me this quote. <laughs> dude, dude, what, what is going on in the sports world this year, man? All right, we so, have some incredible quotes out there. Yeah, you got that right. I mean, this is uh, – nobody holds back anymore, I guess. I, I don't no. know. I, I, you know, I'm not complaining, uh, certainly, that that's the case here. All right. So uh, the Patriots it's, – it's a weird thing. You know, the, the Patriots are playing the Cowboys, right? Yep. All right. So uh, Lawan Bentley on playing the Jets, which, you know, just went down. Uh, New Jersey is a disgusting place. I'm excited to get hit, get there, hit a couple fools, remind them that Boston is much better, and then leave before getting bitten by a rat. Oh, God. Huh. All right. Guess he enjoyed his time in, in New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All well, right. you know what? Part of what he's saying is true because <laughs> – no, wait. No, wait. North no, Jersey. Let's be honest. Huh? North Jersey. North Jersey, yes. North yeah. Jersey slash yeah. New York. Yes. Is is overrun is overrun by a rat infestation to the point earlier this year, the city of New York hired 
some kind of top-notch, renowned specialist that knows how to exterminate rats. There's a huge rat problem. Yeah. Yes, dude. I saw a video the other day. Somebody walking down, and this was on this was on Twitter. Somebody's walking down the street of New York in the evening, and the street is empty, and and it was downtown the business section. All you saw were rats running across the walkway like this. Wow. I'm like, oh my goodness, man. You need you need a you need a a Glock to walk around the streets of New York at night, man. Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. When I, you I, have to hire a specialist to come into your city to exterminate a pest, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, I, I tell you, is there anything skeevier than a rat? I mean, honestly. Let's see. Well, for some people, it's snakes. Some people, it's spiders. Snakes and spiders don't bother me. Yeah, I um, rats. You know, rats don't even bother me really. Um, but I would say. I would say for me, certain types of spiders more than anything else. And the reason being back in July, I go outside one evening and I'm about to take the trash can, my three, my two trash cans and the recycle can to the curb. Mm-hmm. It was an evening. Luckily it was still lit, you know, yeah. later in the evening, eight o'clock. And I noticed there's this unusually large web hanging from one corner of the trash can and it extends all the way to the ground. I'm like, I'm not used to, and I, you know me, I'm outdoors, but I love it. You know, insects, animals. And I'm like, I don't, I've never seen a web like this one. So I slowly move the can and out from under the lip of the a black widow about this big pops out. Yeah. Now I've been living in this this house, Rob, since 2004. I have never seen a black widow spider anywhere in my my, my environment, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then of course I go online and come to find out that black widow spiders are also common in this region between okay. here. And here. I thought they they weren't. I didn't know that. Yeah. Almost got bit by a black widow. I might not have been here right now, Rob. That's not good. We need you, yeah, man. Yeah. You, or you would become Spider-Man, one or the other. Dude, you know what? That, that would have been, been nice. kind of fun. Yeah, that would have been fun, man. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. That's a good That's a good way to look at it. You know what I mean? I don't think the Spider-Web could hold me, because you look at the Spider-Mans in the movie. They're real thin, guys. They are thin. I might, yeah. have, bust, I might have bust the web, man. Yeah, we, we, we have better technology now. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Michigan State has fired uh, yeah. officially now. Mel Tucker, this has been sort of the worst kept secret, you know, forever here. Uh, He was under investigation for sexual misconduct. It's a it's a long story, but they had a speaker, Brenda Tracy, who was there as a sexual assault uh, awareness speaker. And she claims that uh, Mel Tucker harassed her. He claims it was consensual. Uh, he was he was owed nearly seventy nine million on his contract. Mm-hmm. They claim they're firing him for cause. He claims they are not. Um, and this thing is going to get real ugly in the courts. I could promise you that because it seems like he's real dug in. Like I, I don't I don't see this going away anytime soon. Let me put it that um, way. Obviously, Michigan State had to take a stand, and and the statement I read says he didn't provide enough sufficient evidence to lead us any other way other than to fire him. Um, but we also remember not too long ago, the coach said, there are things that I could bring up. Now it's all going to come out. And an institution like Michigan State, you know, I don't know if you want all your dirt public. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there's no such thing as a clean institution, clean business, clean professional college team. There's always some dirt somewhere, right? Now now people can't wait to see what happens point counterpoint in a court of law for, because you know he's not taking this lightly. Oh, you know this. Without question. Without question. And Jimmy Butler has now put a video out, Derek, <laughs> saying, yo, NBA, y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. What? Oh, boy, yeah, yeah. 
How, how about that? Think he'd be saying the same thing if the if the Heat signed him or made a trade for him? Nope. No. It, man, oh boy. It, it, there are going to be all kinds of offshoots of this one. You, you know what I mean? Uh, we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg yet for where this thing's headed. Oh boy. All right. Wow. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. All right, let's uh let's hit some birthdays, shall we? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. We will start with uh Michael Jack Schmidt. Yes, sir. Speaking of great third basemen's all-time third baseman. Schmidt is 74 years young today, D Gun. Uh he and he and most people would argue that he and Brooks Robinson are the are the two best that have ever played the position. So yes. All right. Uh, actress Jenna Ortega is 21 today. Yep. Singer Avril Lavigne is 39 today. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's 41 today. Can he still be Lil Wayne if he's 41? Yeah, because he's still little. He's still he little. Lil Wayne. Yeah. All right. All right. Gwyneth Paltrow is 51 today. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr's 58 today. Simona Halep, the uh, tennis player, is 32. Meatloaf was born on this day in 1947, passed away a few years back. Uh, Anna Camp is 41 today, the actress. Samuel Adams. Yes. Yes. He uh, 1722 was the uh, former governor of the state of Massachusetts, famous yes, uh, beer named after him now. Right. Um, Don Cornelius is uh, 36. Well, he was born in 1936. He is not 36. He's passed away, but he was born in 1936. It's all going to be a stone gas, honey. As always in party, we wish you love, peace, and soul. Yes. He, he was the host of uh, the Soul Train. Yes. Uh, a. Martinez, the actor, is 75 today. Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive was born on this day in 1943. You so, know what? You know, he founded not only uh, the Guess Who, but he also helped found Bachman Turner Overdrive. He he founded was, two groups. He's a big time guy. He, he was yeah. a big time influential musician. Yes. Uh, and yeah. in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh, Sophia, Sophia Milos is 54 today. Uh, Mark Mayron, who has uh, a very successful comedian and podcast is 60 years old today. What have I missed in the birthday category? Uh, Wilford Brimley, great actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. of Malice, uh, was born on this day in 1934. William Conrad, the actor, was born on this day in 1920. Cannon. He was Cannon. He was Cannon. Look at you. See, that's why we hear Rob. We know this stuff, bro. We, we, we fill in the blanks for people that don't know. He had a great deep voice. He had a booming booming kind of voice. Yeah. Uh, Will Sampson, the actor, uh, was born on this day in 1933. Jane Meadows, the actress, Jane Meadows was born on this day in 1919. Greg Morris, who has to love on the old version of Mission Impossible. He was good. Very intense. The low-key smooth brother on the show. Yeah, he was good. He was born on this day in 1933. Uh, Harry Blackstone Sr. of the famous uh, magician illusionist family was born on this day in 1885. And former Eagle... Fifth round pick from 2011. Deion Lewis is 33 today. Oh, I remember Deion, of course. He ended up having a good career for himself. Yeah, he did. He played for six different teams, but he lasted a lot longer in the league than a lot of people thought he would have. I did. For a guy that size, kudos to him. He did. Yep. He hung around a long time. Uh, 2002, uh, we'll do movies. 2002, Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, I like that movie. Good movie. Uh, 2013, Don John. Uh, 2013, Rush. Yes. Uh, 2006, Last King of Scotland. If you haven't seen it, you should. Uh, he is uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker's phenomenal in it. Um, that's all I got. Movies. 
Uh, the Crimson Rivers 2000 came out that year. In the Shadow of the Moon 2019. And Judy, the Judy Garland story came out 2019. So Ty's asking, can you update the Eagles injury report? Right now, we know uh, Landon Dickerson says he's good to go yep. from that knee contusion. Uh, Gunner, you, you're you're saying also it looks good for Sidney Brown with a thigh. We yep. haven't heard any updates on Justin Evans just yet. So if we uh, get anything on that. Nothing yet, yeah, nothing yet on Justin Evans. Yep. Yeah. So that, that stuff's been pretty quiet. Um, all right. So, again, reminder, tomorrow we'll have Brian Mitchell. Playing basketball. I know. Gunner's so excited. He, look at him. Uh, he's getting basketball. Meanwhile, you know what I'm doing? I'm clinging to the Eagles and the Phillies as long as I can because I know <laughs> – I know what's coming come basketball season, okay? Yeah. So, and hockey I'm, season. I'm, I'm holding on, like, real tight on the cliff. I'm looking up like, come on, guys, play as long oh. as you possibly can. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so if you didn't hear, if you're just hopping on, the Bucks made a trade to get Damian Lillard. Uh, they didn't, in my opinion, uh, they gave up Drew Holiday, who's really good, but but they didn't gut themselves to do it. Uh, they still have – the, the trio there of Damian Lillard, Giannis, Middleton. If you want to throw Brooke Lopez in there too, that's a it's a pretty strong four that they have right there. I was giving up Brooke Lopez before I give it up. Drew, uh, Brooke Lopez, seven two jump. He has a one inch vertical jump, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. I, I wondered. I wonder if um, Portland's going to be moving. Uh, you know, Drew. If that if there's not another piece coming out there. But anyway, all right, that'll do it for us. Want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, great job producing as always, my friend. Thank you, Tone. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Great stuff from you guys today. Thanks to everybody streaming, everybody listening. Yeah, keep the elbow tucked in. All right. You start to look like Ben Simmons with that jump shot. Um, don't go anywhere. No, don't go anywhere. Uh, you get the National Football Show coming up with Dan Cilio. And again, uh, Gunnar and I will have. Brian Mitchell tomorrow to talk about the Eagles and the Commanders game. We'll get, we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the Phillies too. So don't uh, don't miss uh, tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. We will talk to you guys tomorrow for D Gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. See you then. 